somebody here that can perm hair? And my barber was like, yeah, Oscar perms hair. So I asked Oscar if he would perm my hair. And he was like, honestly, no, because I hate perming hair. It's the worst experience. Pod uh, perms, it, pod perms, pod perms. I can't, I can't charge you enough that it would like make me word. do it. But also that I would actually, yeah, like he was like, I would have to charge you so much money for me to do it to make it worth my time and effort you wouldn't pay it and i was like give me a number and he's like north of 200 dollars. and i was like okay fine i'm not doing it then. north okay what about east of 200 perm. you could do heat like home perms right i don't i think i don't I, I have no idea did you guys know I that perm is so, short it's for like, permanent <laughs> yeah it's very confusing i didn't know that <laughs> no it's yeah, like but it's not even permanent thing. though i mean it kind of is how, what's what's the definition of permanent these days I mean, once you get a perm, like your hair is curly for a very, very long time. Yeah, not permanently, though. Well, no, because sooner or later you have to cut it. Yeah, that's not what permanent means. <laughs> like, is it is it just curly? Is it curly and or wavy until you cut it? Like forever? Uh, mine was when I first when I got my first perm when I was like 19 or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Was... The curls may last a number of months. Hence the name. Okay. Number it's of not, months like, is not. The difference is if you like curl your hair with like curlers at night. No, we're or talking. Whatever, I'm reading from the permanent for like wave. a day or two, but like I know, I know. Permanent I'm, is like they put chemicals in your hair and like alter and it like it's curly for a very long time. Yeah, but it's not something not... that you can just do for a day or two. Okay. When you wash your hair, it stays wow. curly. The uh, per the perm hairstyle Wikipedia page is actually. Got a lot of stuff going on here, and it has a lot of historic uh, information. Um, wow. Okay. This is maybe I'll check this out. There is a whole section for home perms in case you're curious, Trevor. Um, so yeah, maybe you can get into that the home perm situation. <laughs> maybe Charlie could run a, ho a home perm on you. <laughs> home I perm. Mean, we we could do it together, Kyle. That's right. Pod perms. That would make pod perms. An excellent episode one hundred twenty-five. Could be something. <laughs> 125. It's a it's a good number, but it's not. I mean, I mean, look, every episode after 100, 100 is worth celebrating in, in my estimation. So, well, I and, found uh, several home perm kits on Amazon. Um, they are not expensive at all. Yeah, that. However, kinda, maybe kind of feels like it should be. You know, <laughs> it really should be. Kind of one of those things. It's like you get what you pay for. Yeah, and maybe if you're putting that amount of chemicals in your hair, maybe you know, having a professional do it might be good. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's like pretty dangerous for your skin if you don't do it right. Is my understanding? But it's yeah, like it's things that are dangerous for your skin. Uh, welcome to episode <laughs> 105 of Off the Crossbar, Real Salt Lake podcast. Is it still <laughs> a Real Salt Lake podcast? Vaguely. I mean, eventually, like halfway through, it'll become eventually. a Real Salt Lake podcast. Oh, I saw I mean, funniest like tweet today. Every episode, I like that this. I like the just like calling this the like eventual Real Salt Lake podcast. Like we get there, yeah. we will. But the I thing mean, is, do you, yeah, do you I talk think about LAFC. I no, actually, because and the, there's <laughs> well, we'll talk about that later. I I did avoid that game as much as possible, so you guys are gonna have to carry us through that one because, um, you know, I I tried to not. I tried to not, you know. Um, yeah, I did, but I tried to not. But I mean, I don't even remember. Whatever, we'll talk about it later. 
Um, yeah, so I, I I don't have a perm. Uh, and my name is Kyle. Hello. Uh, my name is Trevor. Thanks for, thanks for tuning in. And I have had a perm in my life before. I do not have one currently. We started talking about this because I think I mentioned that I was thinking of doing one before I cut my hair again. Yeah, but I'm I did not against not. it for myself. I think I it, don't know. Uh, yeah, no. As far as the skin stuff, like I'm not going to say that it hurts and it's like a painful experience because it's not. But like you can feel it, like irritating your skin when they put the chemicals and stuff mm, like in your hair. Lovely, lovely. Is, I I would not recommend doing it at home. Okay, for That's sure. good to know. What are we uh, uh, working on beverage wise here tonight, Matt? I like your Mountain Goat oh, shirt. That's very nice. Thank you. I've got a Diet Mountain Dew, and then okay. I, I've got a uh, Soda Stream beverage. Mountain nice. Dew. Some sort. It's flavored. Is it mystery flavored, or like we just haven't drank it, so we don't know what it is yet? It's, I don't. It's I, blue. I've had a, I don't remember what it said. It's in you know energy drink flavor. It is fairly low in caffeine for an energy drink. Oof. Okay, so it's an energy drink that you mixed in with a soda stream. Uh, yeah, yeah okay, it's a special soda stream one. I wanted to give it a try. Just you know. Oh, it's a soda energy stream drink. energy drink. Yeah. Oh, okay. So like they give you like a flavor thing and then you just use your soda stream to. Yeah, exactly. And we'll see how it goes. Okay. It's okay. It's not great. All right. But I'm happy to have a drink. So. So Trevor's got me started talking and then you started recording. forgot to make coffee. No, I made coffee. I told Matt as soon as I stepped on, you mentioned, I'm going to spoiler alert. You mentioned you were getting some tea. And so I told (laughs) (laughs) Matt that. Before we start, I need to go up and grab a cup of coffee because I am brewing coffee. And then we got talking and now we're starting and we're yeah. recording. I'm going to hit the pause button. Don't hit the did. pause button. Just go. Just, you guys talk okay, about something. We'll, we'll, talking. Back. Well, I'll talk about my beverage. All right. You don't even know beverage. what kind of. Yeah. I'm, Trevor's not even going to learn about what kind of tea it is because he's going to be getting his coffee. Go get your coffee. All, All right, right. I'll be right back. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, brewed a nice uh, couple bags of decaffeinated Earl Grey. Oh, yeah. Uh, and because it's we're in a heat dome heat wave, I uh, put put this baby over ice and I unplug my headphones again because I do this every episode. Um, I put it over ice, uh, mixed in a little uh, cold foam almond milk. So I got myself a little iced London fog going on over here. And it's it's very delicious. I did realize that I forgot the lavender, but I am also... That I forgot the lavender and the vanilla, but I don't I haven't done it for I haven't put those in a cold drink before, so I don't know why that's weird to me. It probably would be normal, of course. Yeah, it would be normal, I mean, but. I don't know about the lavender personally. I'm not a big lavender, and like, I, I'm fine with the scent of lavender. Ooh, okay. The lavender in a drink or in mm-hmm. like a pastry or something is kind of a no. Yeah, I, I I see why people feel that way. I. uh I don't blame them because it is a. It's kind of a. It can be very soapy if you aren't careful. Yeah. I've I've got a pretty good recipe going for my hot drinks. So, um, yeah, yeah I don't know. But anyway, uh, so Trevor, I'm drinking a iced London fog. Is what's going on over here? Hold yeah. on, I know what a London fog is. I think with the vanilla, you'd probably want to mix it with you know the the almond cream or whatever you're using there. Yeah. And that's I, I could have used vanilla cream. almond milk, but actually I didn't do that. Just yeah. normal. I but thought anyway, a London fog, a London fog, a London fog was alcoholic, isn't it? 
It is not. It, it is be? just Earl Grey tea with uh, steamed and par- partially. It's like a lot. It's a it's a tea latte, that's but right. instead that's, of espresso, yeah. it's a uh, it's Earl Grey tea. That's right. Okay. And boy, it is yummy. It's a uh, the coffee shop three cups in uh, Holiday. They make a very very yummy. I don't know what kind of tea they use. I've never asked. I don't want to. You know, uh, you want to rock the boat. I want to rock the boat. I also just don't want the mystery to be. I kind of just. I'll just keep it keep it mystical. I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. They just got some magic tea over there. But anyway, um, what was that? What place was that name called? Three cups. Three cups. Okay. Three cups and holiday, and they actually just opened a location in one of those like food halls downtown, which is kind of interesting because oh, they've only had the one location for a long time. They. Uh, what's the what's um wood woodbine food hall on 7th south 545 west it's over by that oh uh, yeah it's kind of strange because i haven't been over there before but it, they're starting to like build a, that's the is that the is that the granary district or am i making that up yeah that know. sounds about right um it's just down the street from uh um evo salt lake which is that like weird kind of like hotel slash climbing slash bicycle shop, gym, whatever. Yeah. I'm this bunch really of crazy cool. stuff. Yeah. Um, it's by Good Food Bakery, Gluten-Free okay. Bakery. It's by Slackwater. It's by Keto's Brewing. But Do, do you all have lunch plans and- Do I have lunch plans tomorrow? That's a good Oh, you know what? Question. I might I not I- have lunch plans tomorrow. Do I? And I'm going to be in that part of town, kind of. This is perfection happening live on air. I can't. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. Um, I am working very close to that. So, like, could do. Then let's do it. Hey, that's by that. Um, I, I was going to use the word goofy. That's probably not the right word. But that's by that uh, goofy church, right? The pyramid one? Not by, <laughs> but like oh nearish it's uh, on the other side of the freeway uh what's that place called it's the the thumbum nearum thumbum 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 pyramid thumbum pyramid yeah yeah it's pretty it's pretty close to that i think it's yeah. just on the other are side we, of the freeway are we gonna take a little pod trip over there we could I've, have you guys been there before I've my coworker, my coworker drove past it today and was like hey what's up with this uh pyramid church thing over on the west side of the freeway i was like yeah. we've talked about that on the pod and i don't know anything about it i it's yeah a church kind of thing it's well it's really weird um i <laughs> man this place i went down the rabbit hole with this guy uh the guy who had that church thing who started this church um the summum church thing and i've watched like way too many hours of the, their YouTube channel and spend a lot of like way too much time on their website. Very strange situation going on over there. Um, His name is Claude no- Noel. Also uh, known as Corky King, Corky Raw, or Summum Bonum Amun Raw. Yeah, he changed his name. So he's he's dead and he's in the pyramid, I was my understanding. Yeah. Uh, Grandmaster Yang asked a question about someone. 
33 colon 777. My wife's soul and my soul began to fuse together as the years of practicing Tantra Kundalini together. What would happen if we fused our souls together completely? And then someone named Brianna responded and said, I feel like I couldn't recommend fusing your souls completely as you can't predict what would then happen when one or the other of you dies. So... <laughs> what the, is happening? The father of modern mummification. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to be described as the father of modern something. And I guess mummification is a pretty good <laughs> thing. Mummification <laughs> yeah man that's true (laughs) yeah it's a mm, weird weird thing that whole uh some there what's their website some uh some.us yeah there's a supreme court decision like oh what's the supreme court decision that oh is is it them selling their wine or what is it uh, no it's against the pleasant grove uh statues uh, monuments on public land oh weird okay they had mm. a they had a big thing that they were fighting the state of utah against because they bottle their own like secret wine or something that has some type of alcohol content and i can't remember what the deal is there if they were able to oh meditate let's see nectar of the gods maybe that's it uh, they began construction of a pyramid that would be used as a winery to produce some soma nectar yeah Utah law yeah. allowed him to establish the winery, provided the wine was used for religious purposes. Soma nectar yeah. is also referred to as nectar publications and yeah. are used in practice of meditation for the purpose of developing mystical potentials. Yeah, and uh, they have a bunch of different publications, nectar publications. It's meditation, cause and effect, neutralization, transformation, song of creation, devotion, sexual ecstasy, nothing, and reconciliation. So, um. i could i i'm telling you i anyway if you go to someum.us they have uh someum tv at the top right and i've watched they're still talking about this this? i remember that are they still they're still streaming every wednesday wait no they haven't streamed in a a while i think i can't believe i'm going back into this be a muffin part two and like (laughs) All these people, I, they, these videos have like 30 views on them and I'm like half of them. They've streamed, they've streamed as recently as September 3rd. They're still doing this. Is he in? So they have this live stream of like their ceremonies or whatever. And they have a gold sarcophagus. Is he in there? I mean, he's gotta be. He's in the pyramid. Yeah. Hold on. Where's the thing? Oh, Is I just left inside the page. Hold the on. Pyramid? Oh my goodness gracious. Learn how to use a computer, Trevor. Okay. I can't believe I'm going to do this again. Now I have to because I want. How are they still doing this? His body is encased inside a bronze mummiform. Oh, that is him. It's so, okay, covered they, in they, gold and stands inside the group's pyramid. They, this is they live Noel, stream the founder or whatever. They live stream it. They like have the live streams from this room and you see the mummy or the sarcophagus, I guess. As long as it's not like a see-through sarcophagus, I feel it's fine. It's not. It's just weird. It's inside a bronze mummiform that yeah. is covered in gold. So it kind of looks like cheap gold. But I mean, yeah. And really, you don't have <laughs> a body in there. Like until you examine it, it's really a Schrodinger's 
sarcophagus. I'm trust him. It appears they have a bunch of like cat statues too, which I can only assume they've mummified cats and they've put inside these cat sarcophagi, sarcophagi as well. So I'm going to be a little bit of a stickler and say that I don't think it's technically a sarcophagus. Ooh. What's the uh, are they strict? I don't know. Anyway, uh, what's going on? Typically adorned with a sculpture or inscription and associated with the ancient civilizations of eight, of Egypt, Rome, and Greece. Associated with, but not necessarily definitively. Like associated with or has inscriptions on it. I don't know because I haven't seen it. I'm just being pedantic here for a minute. Sarcophagi, usually false, made a return to the ceremonies or the, the cemeteries of America during the last quarter of the 19th century, which at the time, according to New York Company, which built sarcophagi. Uh, they continue to be popular in the 1950s. Wow. Yeah. So how does he anyway, not so have his own cups. section on here? Good coffee shop. <laughs> uh, what have you guys been up to? <laughs> Trevor, what's what's up? um well to be honest for a weekend where we did very little um i feel like there was a lot that went on nice um we were gonna go to lagoon on saturday but then we looked at the weather report and thought about driving all day was it saturday no it was sunday we were gonna go yeah so we were gonna go sunday uh to lagoon and then me and charlie and we decided against it because it was really hot and we didn't want to walk around in the hot all day. Um, so we changed our minds. We're going to go during Frightmares uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, Good call. When hopefully it's a lot cooler. And there's a bonus of Frightmares to go along with it. So we're going to get it's our not lagoon be in. cooler. We're stuck in this weather for the rest of our lives. Great. <laughs> well, then at least I, I'll be acclimated to it in a few I mean, few more literally, weeks. I'm just like, I'm just counting down the days till Thursday when the high is only 92 versus the hundreds i mean look after thursday we're in good shape like it's gonna be a nice week yeah we're supposed to be out of whatever the we're in the heat dome yeah the heat dome that's what it's called um that's supposed to be dissipating on wednesday and then we're supposed to get some kind of like rainstorm over the weekend or thunderstorm yeah, or something right after it looks like but it's yeah supposed to like cool it down a little bit but <sighs> we're in we'll Anyways. be in the 70s next week which is good i can't i'm i'm going insane with this heat and it yeah. literally makes me crazy it makes me I'm just I'm just over it like I'm during June July and August I'll like I I'll deal with it because that's the weather it is what it is but then once September hits I'll do it June July like August has been such a slag for me August um I've I'm on board with the people that feel like August is the worst month out of the year I don't know if that's a conversation among your friend groups but it's come up and I agree I hate it. it August sucks it's the longest month out of the year uh, it's 31 days, and it's all just the hottest days, and you're just counting down the time until September. Like yeah. you're done with summer, you're over summer. Summer's no longer fun; it's just miserable. Anyway, August sucks. So we were going to go to Lagoon. We didn't go to Lagoon. We ended up just staying home and not doing much of anything. Saturday, we were going to do a whole bunch of like cleaning and like not spring cleaning because it's not spring, but like spring cleaning in the fall, whatever that's yeah. called. And we were going to do that, but then um, I caught up on a whole bunch of sleep and I accidentally slept for four hours in the morning. Um, <laughs> and long story short, <laughs> that, that screwed those plans. Yeah, we, uh, so my kid, 
Charlie was going over to their cousin's house. Uh, my sister uh, hosts foreign exchange students. I don't know if that's come up, but that's a thing. Yeah, there was a like Yellowstone trip, if I remember correctly. Yes, that was involved. Um, the first student that they hosted uh, has now like graduated high school. They're like in college, but they're going back to like work with the um, foreign exchange student program as like a mentor and like a, I don't know. They're doing yes. something with that. They came back to the U.S. to be part of like uh, the orientation for another group of students. Um, so they came back to Utah for a whole bunch of students in Utah to like explain to them what's going on, what it's going to be like, lead them into this new school year, whatever. So she's back in town and she went back to visit my sister and they wanted to do just all kinds of activities together. Her last day was Saturday. They were going to get together with the kids and like watch a movie. Um, and that was going to be their final activity. She really wanted to watch this movie. She wanted Charlie to be there. So Charlie was there. They went there first thing in the morning and they were going to watch the movie and then take, um, Alexis, that's her name up to the airport. Cause she's flying back to Albania like later that day. Gotcha. Um, I was supposed to go pick up Charlie prior to them driving up to the airport. Cause they were then going up to their other cousins on the other side of the family up in Ogden. Um, at that time. So I was supposed to do all that. I ended up getting home after dropping them off and falling asleep until like 1230. Um, <laughs> Sleepy so, weekend. <laughs> yeah, no, it turns out that Trevor's not getting anywhere near enough sleep. So I took a four hour nap in the morning from like 8am to 12 or whatever. Missed all that. And that meant that Charlie was in Ogden all afternoon. My sister just like took Charlie with her because she nice. couldn't get a hold of me. So they went to Ogden and we're there all day. So that screwed those plans. And then Sunday we gave up and didn't go to Lagoon. Um, and then Monday was Labor Day and I was going to go to Wendover. Um, you, Kyle and Alex from, oh, I forget the name of his podcast now. RSL Alex Mauer. Sundays. What is it? RSL Sundays. RSL Sundays. <laughs> um, we were going to go out to Wendover and then Kyle had plans. He was out of town. And then Alex also had plans, couldn't go. But I was still planning on going like by myself until um, there's another long, stupid story. My <laughs> debit card got like compromised last week or whatever. So I had to shut it down, dispute a whole bunch of charges. And they sent me a new one, but I haven't got it yet. And because I don't have that debit card, my bank is its ally. So it's all online. I can only get cash if I go to an ATM and I can only go to an ATM with a debit card. Don't have a debit card, so I can't get any cash out. So I didn't go to Wendover. So Labor Day was just spent at home doing nothing. You should have asked your parents for money. I'm sure they would have loved that. Oh, I should have. That would have been great. If I just (laughs) called my mom and was like, can I borrow $1,000 so I can go to Wendover? I promise I'll pay you back when my debit card comes in the mail. So anyway, did very little, but it felt like an eventful weekend. That was my weekend. What did you you do, Kyle? (laughs) Oh man, I I followed up on my national park weekend last weekend uh with another one this last one which was great. Um why what 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 happened? I I can't remember what I did Friday, but we left early uh my brother and the a friend of ours, the one who has the cabin up in uh near Alpine, Wyoming. Um three of us just went up early Saturday uh and Got situated at the cabin and then headed it, headed, headed into the the national park. And we went to this really lovely lake to go swimming. And th- this was the hottest I've ever felt uh, in 
that part of the country in Grand Teton National Park, it was still like, you know, probably 10, at least 10 degrees cooler than it was down here. But I, it's crazy that the hottest I've, uh, hottest weather I've experienced there was during September, which was kind of strange because I've been there at many different points through the month of September. Sometimes there's, uh, ice and snow and frost and all this other stuff. So yeah, it was kind of, kind of crazy. It was like, it was swimming weather. So we swam in lakes, uh, ate good food in Jackson. And then the next day we hiked to this lake called Delta Lake. It was just exceptional. It was so pretty and it's a favorite hike of mine and I haven't done it in a while, but in the heat, it was kind of, it was, it was, it was pretty tough, but it was, it was good. And, uh, yeah, I saw some really pretty animals on the way down. I saw a couple like really pretty bucks. Um, yeah, just, uh, just great time. And then cruised home on, uh, on Sunday. So it was a pretty quick or on Monday it was labor day. I'm, my days are all messed up. Um, and then somewhere in there, like, I can't remember where I was. I was, I caught like some of the Utah football game on Saturday and then caught some of the RSL game on Sunday. That was Sunday, right? Yes. Just depending on like where I was like eating or whatever. If I was at a restaurant, I just like had it going on my phone or whatever. Um, so yeah, uh, try not to concern myself too much with an away game at LAFC despite their recent form. But um, yeah, other than that, started Better Call Saul, which uh, or started the, the most recent season of Better Call Saul, which just a great show. Um, been catching up on all the drama surrounding uh, Harry Styles, Chris Pine, Florence Pugh, and Olivia Wilde. I've been... I, I didn't realize I knew as much about it as I did, and then I saw a friend... Posted on Instagram, she said, uh, can somebody explain Spitgate to me? And I was like, I'll give it a go. And I ended up typing what could only be described as a uh, think piece on the matter, explaining in great detail all of the different aspects that are influencing the drama behind what's really turning out to be a subpar movie, <laughs> which is disappointing because uh, I think a lot of people had high hopes for it. But is this... Um, sorry to interrupt. Is this the movie good. that um, Olivia Wilde was... I might get some details wrong was made a video to somebody else in the movie Florence Pugh maybe talking about how Shia LaBeouf was not a bad guy when actually a lot of different things going on where essentially she had hired she's directing this movie she's making this movie she has Florence Pugh she hires Shia LaBeouf for the um, she casts Shia LaBeouf as the as the lead guy in this movie as the Chris Um, Pine role no, uh, the Harry Styles role. So, oh, Styles. which, which is right. important because uh, when some FKA twigs accusations came out against Shia LaBeouf, uh, she pulled him off the movie, uh, replaced with Harry Styles, um, who she later began dating. And at the beginning of the production of this movie, she was married to Jason Sudeikis. So there was like a whole thing where, uh, and then uh, you know there was a whole thing where Florence Pugh accused, supposedly accused. Uh, the production of paying Harry Styles more than her, even though he's a far less experienced actor uh, than she is. And she's been nominated for Academy Award. Um, yeah. So there's just a lot of weird stuff. All this culminating in what has been described as Spitgate, which is uh, a very interesting video clip where Harry Styles appeared to have maybe sp- uh, spit on Chris Pine <laughs> during the premiere, uh, during the, at, at the end of the standing ovation of the premiere in Venice. Uh, that does not appear to be what actually happened, but there's a lot of people who really want that to be true. And they actually had to make a statement that, no, these 
men get along and Harry Styles did not spit on Chris Pine. So, um, I'm pretty sure that's that, a right offense. And this is for a movie that currently coming out of a festival has like 40% on Rotten Tomato. Oh, wait, is it even that? I don't, I don't know. It's bad. It's, it's not, it's not good. Um, What's the name of this movie again? Don't worry, darling. Don't worry, darling. It looks, it looks interesting. It's 42% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. And again, this is only coming out of film festivals, which could go either way, but uh and and chris pine also there were a lot of clips that came out of chris pine looking very annoyed and angry having to like listen to harry styles talk about this movie because it's harry styles has kind of outed himself as being an idiot uh he's probably very sweet he's very talented uh hearing him try to talk about this movie he seemed incredibly unprepared to do so described it as being a movie that you would go see in the theaters and it feels like a movie that you should go see in the theaters or something like that so i love that Chris Pine just sat there with couldn't have looked more dead in the face. But anyway, so been catching up on that. I know w- way too much about it, which is really annoying of myself. Um, but yeah, and then uh, shot some family pictures this evening. And then uh, and it, it was so much cooler up at Brighton. I just I'm very any excuse to get up there right now. I'm very much jumping at the opportunity to do so. So um yeah anyway that's 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 about it for me i did i last week i did fail to mention that i did go to the uh um uh the america amazing museum in in polson montana whatever it's called maybe it's i'll that but it's, it's not called much miracle better. it's called miracle of america museum it that's was incredible right. it was awesome i highly recommend people look that place up uh because it is just it is such a if you just go to their website miracleofamericamuseum.org you can see the location it's very it's a very pretty location it's on the south end of flathead lake but it can only be described as uh like a psychotic historical junk junkyard <laughs> and uh it's amazing so loosely american uh yeah it's it's pretty look <laughs> they've got uh they're pretty specific about the type of history they want to talk about but yeah. man they got some really funny stuff there and uh the only other person that was there was this guy wearing an info shirt and it was awesome <laughs> so <laughs> oh they have a youtube channel okay well i got a bunch of youtube channels to watch apparently um anyway matt what have you been up to uh so I actually also went to a national something or other, but it was a national forest and not a national park. That's right. Uh, We just went up to up big Conwood Canyon and camped at Spruce's and it was like 20 to 30 degrees cooler and really just a a great time. I don't have a lot to report on that, Um, but we came home. Yes, Trevor. Sorry. I was going to, you brought, I saw a picture, a steam basket. Oh, I did. I I took a cast iron pan and a stainless steel pan and a steam basket. And I made uh, like a a chicken, not a stir fry, but uh, some grilled chicken, teriyaki chicken with uh, steamed veggies. Nice. Which highly recommend like on a camp stove. Super easy to do. I don't know why we're not doing this camping all the time. It's like chicken. Super easy cast iron pan especially if you're if you're just doing chicken easy to clean easy to take care of like a a good camping option yeah and then a steam basket you just need like a tiny bit of water and you just boil the water and steam it and it sounds great honestly an incredibly easy way to do a meal 
Uh, the rice was uh, a little harder. I need to figure that one out. Maybe doing something else instead of rice. Yeah, uh, like I don't know how something. that would work, but yeah. I mean, I did it. I just had a, I also brought a little saucepan and just reheated the rice over the stove. Yeah, yeah that would make oh, sense. So it was like pre-cooked rice? It wasn't like you boiled rice, the rice? Yeah. Okay, all right, I got you. Yeah, no, no. I wouldn't boil rice myself. I'm not, one, I'm not talented enough to actually do it better than my rice cooker. And two, I'm much lazier than that. Right. Uh, So that was good. Uh, But we came home, started, you know, did some cleaning and uh, thought, oh, let's see what's on Netflix. And for some reason, decided to watch Devil in Ohio. Oh, hold on. This sounds uh, up my alley. It's junk TV at its finest. A limited, it's like limited series junk TV, though. Uh, It's got like a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. And oh, it's, it's okay. Totally I see what's going on it's, here. It, it's not great. I would oh, have Zoe Deschanel's it. sister is in it. it Emily Deschanel. Emily Deschanel. And uh, yeah, it was probably not worth watching. Um, but it was eight episodes, and each episode is 40 minutes. And, you know, uh, I thought there'd be more twists and turns. And the show, I think, wants you to think that the things it's revealing are twists and turns. Uh, but you know, wait, oh my goodness, well, I was gonna read trailer about some something. See if it's okay. Emily Deschanel, obviously, I think her role she's most known for is in that TV show Bones. Mm-hmm. She also married one of the writers of uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, who's also in Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He plays Rickety Cricket. She's married, <laughs> Emily Deschanel's married to Rickety Cricket, and they have two kids together. Oh, that's that's an image I don't think I'll be able to shake for a long time. Wow. That's really beautiful, so, actually. This is ridiculous. I'm <laughs> familiar with Bones. I know Bones. I had no idea that, like... That was Emily Deschanel? <laughs> well, I had no idea that she was Zoe Deschanel's sister. Yeah, yeah she, I mean... My family is big on TV. Which is hilarious, because... Wait, like, she is Bones, like, right? Isn't that her whole thing? Like, yeah, she is she's Bones? she's, like, the main character. She's, like, Bones. that's her name in the show. Because that's, like, her nickname, right? I think. I think it's her nickname. Um, oh, yeah. Temperance Bones Brennan. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So speaking of Bones, the other thing I did was I went and watched Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan in the theater. That is speaking uh, of Bones. Just an incredible movie. Um, uh, I am biased, but it, it's pretty well regarded universally as like a good Star Trek movie. Okay. Uh, and it, it is just really... Uh, I, I don't know... You probably know all the major plot beats and all that, but I guess it's a, a shout for me. Like, if a movie you love is in the theater, just go watch it. Agree. I mean, it's fun to go see new movies, and uh, I mean, we we talk about that all the time, right? And yes. you know, movies that are designed to be viewed in the theater. We talked about that with Nope really, really yeah. recently. Yeah. Or uh, Don't Worry, Darling is another great oh, example. Would you say that you it's a movie see... that is great to see in the theaters and it feels like a movie to watch in the okay. theaters? Here's something. This might be a hot topic. Did you guys see uh, the like PSA made by maybe the guy who made Top Gun Maverick, but and Tom Cruise essentially telling people to turn off motion blur on their televisions? Did you guys see this? I've heard about this motion blur on television thing ruining movies. Yeah, it absolutely does. But there are these it's a there are people <laughs> and I've seen it seems to be I'm not trying to listen. Okay. 
All right. I'm not trying to generalize or stereotype here, but I do believe that gamers, PC gamers, seem to be very have like a proclivity for wanting motion blur or whatever on movies because they're used to such a high frame rate when they're playing PC games. So I saw so many people that were like, why would I want like a lot of people responding to this video from Tom Cruise and. I can't, I can't remember his name, but I think it's the guy who made, who like made Top Gun Maverick. But anyway, and they're yeah. basically saying they're like pleading with people <laughs> to turn off motion blur or whatever on their TVs, which I, I, I hate motion blur. I think it makes, yeah. I hate the way it makes movies look and television. It's well, just I mean, like you film something at one film, one frame rate, and then it's broadcast at another frame right. rate. Like, yeah. And just like, success. yeah, it, it's, it's the very like early, it's it's the thing that they that TVs would do to try to make them look like futuristic or cool when they're on display in like Walmart or Costco mm-hmm. or whatever. They're like, wow, like look how incredible this looks, and but it's just bad. It makes everything look like soap opera. Uh, so yeah, they're like <laughs> making PSA videos, telling people how to turn it off, like telling people to like Google it. Like the and another thing that that's it's kind of it's something tricky that these TVs companies do it's on by default in most cases and then they also name it like their own they which tom cruise mentions he's like yeah they call it like their own branded version of it so it's like called like motion sense or something like that motion um, smoothing mo- yeah motion smoothing Smooth, whatever yeah what i can find is the most common one and they uh yeah <laughs> and, and like which it kind of does make sense that's coming from them because they were so adamant that that movie the reason why Top Gun Maverick was delayed for so long is because they wanted like the optimal uh, movie theaters screening experience. And they waited till a time like in COVID where it was it was going to be f- safer for people to go to the movies. And so, yeah. And they were like, this has to come out on in on big screens. And it's been in theaters like three or four times now. So, yeah, um, I can I cannot remember why I started talking about this. But uh, any. Anyway, oh, yeah. Seeing movies in theaters. Um, so it, yeah. Do it that. Looks like it's. Uh... From 2018, but it is the Top Gun Maverick director. Oh, is it? Wait, that that video is from 2018? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I'm seeing an article uh, on Variety. Uh, So it's been circulating again. So that was when they first were making it. Wait, that's a long time ago. Was it? Did they start production in 2018? It was Uh, December, so almost 2019. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Of Maverick, he was filming Maverick. It looks like it's um, Chris McQuarrie. Yeah. That's the guy uh, who I believe is the director of Mission Impossible Fallout, which is a movie they were talking about or what, something oh, like that. Yeah, that I'm is, skimming okay. this that quick. Yeah, he's talking about if you want to watch Mission Impossible Fallout looking good, turn off the. You're right. Okay. Movie. Yeah. So this is uh, this was okay. Yeah. I couldn't. Why is okay? But Tom Cruise is in character. In character? Oh, they're just on, up as, wait, no, they're on the set of Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. And he's wearing a Top Gun jacket, it looks like. So is. Sorry, did you say uh, Macquarie is part of Top Gun Maverick? Oh, I don't no, know. I think he's the director of Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah. <laughs> but he wrong? just was with Top he was with Tom Cruise on the set of Top Gun for some reason. He, yes. Okay. Yes. I think it was them two to promote their movie Mission Impossible Fallout. Tom Cruise <laughs> took a break from filming Maverick to talk about the soap <laughs> opera effect of motion sm- I don't know. But it, it it was like five months after that movie came out. Yeah. This is so weird. Don't, okay. Please do not ask me to explain 
No, he <laughs> he. Okay, he wrote and produced Top Gun Maverick. He also okay. Sorry, oh, he did as well. He wrote, oh, and, right. he wrote and produced Top Gun Maverick. He directed, wrote, and produced Top Gun Mr. Puzzle. So it was kind of like a combo thing where he's like, "Look, we're started production. Like we just finished with Mission Impossible that came out earlier this summer. Big blockbuster." So okay, gotcha. he, he's done okay. like a lot of he's a couple of the Mission. Impossible. Figured he, it out. Wow, he and Tom are he and Tom Cruise. Do they only work together? Is it just the two of them? There's no way that's the case. Okay, he is a frequent like, collaborator with Tom Cruise, having yeah, written Valkyrie, Jack Reacher, Reacher, Edge of Tomorrow, Mission Impossible, Top Gun Maverick, and then the next two Mission Impossibles. Okay, amazing. Um, and sorry. the Mummy. When did when did Tom Cruise be in a movie called The Mummy? I How think did I missed all of that. <laughs> with Russell Crowe as well. <laughs> is it a reboot of the it's not a reboot of the mummy right what is going I, on i don't know huh. Let me, you guys keep talking i'm going to read up on this hold on okay this is this jason laferve i love the smoothing effect i know that makes me a non-video file but it's my tv and my eyes and content that i pay for so i'll watch it however i feel is best tom cruise is a great actor but he also believes in an alien overlord called xenu so i'll take what he says with a grain of salt <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, that's a, there's a, I can never remember the type of ad hominem attack that is, but. uh, It's a logical fallacy either way. Yeah. This is awesome. I guess it could be poisoning the well or guilt by association. Somebody responded, said people still watch movies. Sick take. That's so dumb. Wow. Anyway. So are you. Are you perusing comment sections? For yeah, me? I know. I shouldn't be. Anyway, so go see movies in a theater. Yeah, yeah and uh, yeah. Wrath of Khan, amazing in the theater. Nice. Sound production in that movie, uh, you, I'm not great. Oh, yeah. I was really surprised. That's something uh, that's kind of that. a bummer uh, with some of those like older movies. Is just like that's one of the things that suffered the most. Yeah. Uh, so that's, well, I guess you could say it's one of the things that that technology really improved upon. Um, yeah, especially digital recording, right? Just made it totally. easy to, to uh, there's a word yeah. for it, but I've forgotten it. So makes it easy yes. to makes it easy to do the thing. It really uh, does. Should we talk about things that were not easy to do? And that is beat LAFC. Yes. Well, we got it. We skip news and news and rumors. News and Hold rumors on. always comes first. I just read through the thing, the synopsis, <laughs> the plot of the, the mummy with Tom Cruise. Yeah. yeah, this sounds like the dumbest movie I've ever heard of or seen in my life, and I need to watch it immediately. So somebody, I, I'm not keeping track of character they names. got 15% of Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. They are doing a dig in Egypt, uncover a tomb, which has some lady in it, some princess, and oh, somehow beautiful. that brings her back to life. And then somebody is possessed by her spirit through a <clears> spider bite. And then okay. somebody comes in named Dr. Henry Jekyll. Um, this movie made this. I have completely something to do with a, a secret society has something to do with something. And then Jekyll transforms into somebody named Eddie Hyde. <laughs> and then there's a serum involved. Okay. And then this princess okay. mummy lady summons a whole bunch of mummy zombies to attack mm. London. I don't. I didn't I like realize it. this was supposed to be a reboot of the nineteen thirty-two film. I didn't realize this was ever made. And this movie made four hundred and ten million dollars in the box office. 
Wow, that's in 2017, many more times would I make. Why don't I remember this being a thing at all? <laughs> I have zero recollection of this movie. As someone who like I like Tom Cruise as an actor, and like I, I like I don't try super hard to seek his stuff out, but I've seen like most of his movies, and I like a lot of his movies. I think he's a really good actor. So this is unbelievable. I, I am watching this movie as soon as possible. We should. uh Let's stop we, recording the do, podcast, watch this movie, and then come back and good idea. start talking we do about live it. Live movie watches on our Patreon. We could Dude, do live movie. He made American Made that same year. Okay. He made oh, American Made was the was a he's been really so many, movie. He's been in so many movies. Okay, anyway. So news and rumors. News and rumors. Uh, we are doing a thing, right, Matt? Um, apparently. So there's uh, a this is according to Trey Fitzgerald, who club's press officer uh senior director of communications whatever his title is i think that's what it is right now <laughs> whatever it's not important anyway <laughs> i didn't want to have to go look it up but here i am i think it's i think you're exactly right i think it is senior director of communications please be right oh director of public relations <sighs> tough I don't know. tough yeah, one for me to take um anyway he Tweet. So, so the way this came into being, I think it's interesting, uh, into knowledge at least. Um, which first you'll discover that the link. Wait, hang on. What are, we, what are we talking about? What is coming into? All right. So, so something is being announced. Okay. Uh, so, they tweeted out that it's fireworks night on Saturday. Great. Everyone loves the fireworks match. I guess not me, but everybody else we don't have a good record of fireworks matches well it's a good thing we're playing against a really bad team i know right? we're about to put that to the test <laughs> um so it's a fireworks night somebody responded like hey it would be helpful if we knew more in advance like we love fireworks games planning who to take all that sure i get that um cray responds uh with this one is a surprise addition to celebrate a massive club announcement Saturday. Bonus for the amazing fans that make up the RSL family. Join us. It sounds like Don Garber will also be in attendance. Yeah. So I'm, my... I'm hoping that's to deliver a fine, but <laughs> in person yeah. with an envelope. <laughs> giant check check with a negative number <laughs> here's the thing my my guess for this and i don't i honestly don't know i don't know anything uh is that it's the new stadium name because we've been i i did i i, I was under the impression i can't remember why i was under the impression that we were going to get a new name new new sponsor new name sometime this this season and it hasn't new happened year, yet and they took off Rio Tinto from all of the, from most of the like placards and like, uh, big yeah, like the size on the, the scoreboards. Of, yeah, exactly. So I can only assume that's what this is about. Um, I'm not, it's just kind of funny to me because it's like, oh, everyone get hyped for the next name of some like corporate sponsor of a stadium, <laughs> which is like, I mean, does anyone ever get like really excited about that? And, and, again, this is my guess for what it is. And if that's what it ends up being, I'm like, well, one, why would Don Garber be there for that? But maybe that's a, 
I don't know. Maybe that's something that MLS does. Uh, does Don Garber have any like financial interest in any private equity firms or anything like that <laughs> that might become the stadium sponsor? Yeah, <laughs> that would be really funny. Um, I mean, like literally, what else could they announce? Like, okay, There's I think they might of- announce a fi- like an actual day for st- safe standing because they've been that was supposed to be like nearly two months ago. Yeah. It's supposed to be end of July, so they might actually be like safe standing. We if we make the playoffs, they'll be and we get a home game, <laughs> then they'll be safe standing. <laughs> maybe if we that make the playoffs. We're never doing safe safe standing. Yeah, so maybe they announce safe standing. Stretch goal would be they announce the stadium expansion, but I don't. I don't know. I don't think that's likely. There's a couple Twitter tweets. Twitter tweets. There's a couple tweets asking if it's the Royals being announced, but Don Garber is does not make any sense. Yeah, no. For that, it, so I'm gonna say probably not to that no, no, it, we it's, haven't confirmed that the royals are coming back right so yeah it's going to be the america first I credit union stadium and everyone's going to go nuts for it everyone's going to we've had it like america officially i'm going to be very upset <laughs> i don't think we've actually had the royals like officially officially confirmed i think we've just had ryan smith and the owners be Saying like that, yeah. yeah for sure guys we want to do that that sounds awesome great please stop asking uh, us i think it's more than this legwork yeah What's i think it's Lucas has done some legwork on it, so yeah, it's confirmed. Oh, well, okay, special correspondent uh, doing doing the job. Yeah, it's more than just saying they want to. Like they're 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 doing that. Um, so yeah, I don't. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Everyone get get freaking juiced for <laughs> whatever credit union. Why are there so many credit unions? Do you guys ever you ever just drive around and you're like, how are all these in business? Is that really? Do we even I need credit unions? Wonder, like. Anytime I go to the credit well, I mean, union I use, I'm the only one there. <laughs> like, are they all just from home loans? Like, I don't understand how they all justify whatever. Who knows? It's financials. There's always money and there's always people that want to give money to people who want to buy homes and cars now, and, and I, charge I 20% this. interest on it. So, like, But like... But Trevor, like, what's the sense in having a brick and mortar situation for that? Like, there are like... That, I, I'm with you. I don't truly is it understand. Just, except is it just that, like, like it's got to be just name recognition, right? Just be able to have like a place in the neighborhood. Like I, I mean, there when I lived in Conwood Heights, there were two different places like around Fort Union that like went out like restaurants that went out of business and they were replaced by credit unions. And I was like, <sighs> like what? Like okay, <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't tell you. One of them was the famous days that they tore down <laughs> and then built a credit union on top of it. So. I mean, I'm not going to complain about that. That was pretty funny, though. Yeah, I mean, listen, they have good sauce at Famous Dave's. I don't know about their everything else at this point, but they have a single. They have a devil devil spit. That's a good. That's a good barbecue sauce. Oh, yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, can we get okay. sidetracked for one second? Yeah. Speaking of like, how why, I mean, why no, are there so we, many? We, we are not a sidetrack focus. <laughs> Hold on, let me put it. Why see. are there so many credit unions? To expand on that question. Me and a coworker like did the math, and of course we don't know the numbers, but you can make them up as we go. How, how are there so many car washes in Utah, and how like why are they only springing up in the last like five years? Because we've got now like Quick Quack Wash, we've got Wiggy Wash, and we've got I don't remember. Mr. There's Mr. other Mr. like car wash Mr. is a big one. That's Mr. a national chain. So, yeah, we, we've got like four or five like different car washes that all of a sudden just exploded all over utah and they're building like a thousand of them 
every I mean, weekend, it, it feels like. The the cost of like one car wash is what, fifteen bucks now? You anywhere from like ten to twenty bucks. <laughs> yeah, uh, but most of them have like a monthly they take up a subscription. Small amount of space. Like they require minimal staffing. I think it's just like a high like is a, there a high like profit a, endeavor. I don't think there is a I don't think it is a high profit endeavor. Like that's that's what I'm busy. saying. Like because most of them have like a membership. I'm pretty thing. sure you the pay, margins like, are pretty high. A couple of bucks, you pay like 25 to 30 bucks a month for like the top level, right? And you get like unlimited washes, right? Yeah. And I just think like, I don't remember the numbers we came up with, but we did some rough math and like figured how many cars you could get through and how many like of those are probably a paid subscription versus like paying per wash. Because like I'm sure per wash, like the margin is insane. But if you have somebody that pays 25 bucks a month, you're only making 25 bucks a month, no matter how many washes they do. And if you have however many members to your car wash that are paying 25 bucks a month. Like, yeah, th- that's not, th- it, you, it's the gym model, right? I have it on so good authority. Many. I know something a little bit so about car washes is that finances. there are private equity groups that are buying up car washes. And do you want to know why Trevor express car washes have significantly high profit margins when compared to other business models An nyu report on u.s margins revealed the average net profit margin is 7.71 percent across different industries in some instances profit margins for express car washes can range from 40 percent to as high as 60 percent an astounding comparison to other business models and then they also have uh subscription services essentially which is what exactly what you're talking about and those um are what essentially the entire world is trying to encourage as much as possible as subscription services because of that recurring revenue. Yeah. Um, yeah, that you can count on. And there, I think they're making a lot of money off people paying for uh, like car washes that they're not taking full advantage of. Like, like you say, yeah, there's unlimited car washes, but there are people that are only maybe using that once a month and that, actually paying right. more. Yeah. And so they're, they're like, that's yeah. like really valuable for them. But anyway, um, yeah, fair. so they we, make a just, lot of money at car washes. We were just wondering like, how many people i mean like rough numbers obviously still but like how many cars have a subscription service to because you can like see the tags right so you get a general idea like mm-hmm. how many cars so in the I, state I could subscribe to one answered let's do it get because um, i'm so curious i'm friends with uh a lady who does uh pr for mr the company who does mr car wash yeah okay so uh, I, that's I actually the most questions. popular car wash chain in the country with the most locations go. So I just right. was well, on that same report in Matthews. So that's, uh, but my brother-in-law that, like, does stuff with this with car washes. So I've also heard it from him. I know like the standalone, like do it yourself car washes, you know, those mm-hmm. like are like, those aren't express. no, those aren't express, but like from the point of like purchase, like if you buy one, for example, or build one, whatever, like you start making money on those, like immediately they're like I the mean, easiest look. way to like, Make money. Just you, seen like Breaking Bad, you, you seen Breaking Bad, Trevor? I was going to mention Breaking Bad. No. Oh, well, I'll, you don't need it. Well, this conversation is is moot. Just go watch Breaking Bad and you'll understand all yeah. the reason why. Yeah. Right. We're okay. actually in the middle of a... Watching just cars, watching, watching money. Breaking Bad. Really? And it's, and That's, it's been fun. I've seen a few seen people... three or four times, but... Why... Are, why is it because Better Call Saul? I've seen a few people say that they're watching Breaking Bad right now. And it's got to be Better Call Saul. Uh, for us, it's just the... Jenny hadn't seen it and we just finally started it. Nice. So. Good show. All right. Back to uh, the soccer. Anyway, RSL played LAFC this weekend. Oh, we have one uh, more news item. 
Yeah, what are you talking about? Oh, jeez. Sorry, I'm not looking at the dock. And we also haven't even talked about... We didn't talk about the Minnesota game. Did Um, we? No. All right. I'm going to have to refresh (laughs) my memory on on that one. Um, That's the last one I remember, so... Orlando City appears to have been caught spying on Sacramento Republic's (laughs) training sessions, which were... Hilarious. Uh, presumably closed to the public. It would be very funny if they weren't, and you know. Uh, so there you go. There's there's that. It's very funny. Uh, there... U.S. Open Cup final is well. By the time you're listening to this, it'll be Wednesday. So tonight, or if you're listening to this in the future, go rewatch it. Or maybe it's bad. But let's hope for a Sacramento Republic win. I guess. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. I... I truly want a second division team in CONCACAF yeah. Champions League. That would be oh, outstanding. Wait. Yes, actually, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I do like that. <laughs> Especially when, well, I'm not going to say it. Um, was spying, like, what is, I want more information on spying. Like, was there a camera involved? Was there just a dude in the stands? Probably was dude there... in the stands. No camera. Uh, they were asked to leave. Multiple um, attempts. According yeah. to Taylor Twelman, I'm reading Taylor Twelman's tweets and replies right now. And this is the most attention the U.S. Open Cup has had in years. So good, good for the tournament. Well, it's. I mean, to be fair, it didn't run for two years. I think this is the first time they're running it again. I mean, since COVID. It, even when we lost in 2013, like nobody cared about the cup except the people who were in the final. Yeah, no, that's probably true. I can see that. So, all right. Well. Yeah. Um, the next thing I've got on here, uh, and I'm curious what you guys want to do. Do you want to talk Minnesota, then LAFC, then DC? Yeah, and then, and then let's talk playoffs. Let's do All that. Right. Let's let's move this, baby. Let's do it. Uh, so we played Minnesota United. A game sure we did. won, uh, according to this, uh, 3-0. And now <laughs> it's starting. I'm jogging my memory again. And, uh, let's pull yeah, it scored. That it, is, it isn't a game we struggled in. Uh, it's a game we looked pretty good. We scored in the seventh minute, scored in the 23rd minute, scored in yeah. the 79th minute. And, and I will go. also mention that there was some concern I had about the teddy bear situation, uh, which um, what ended up working out in our favor is that uh, Debassi, uh Minnesota's, I think, best center back, I don't know, got like a season-ending injury the week uh, weekend before. Um. And they were on heavy rotation and we took good advantage of the, in this game uh, where Sergio Cordova scored in the seventh minute from a mistake by the defender who replaced Debassi, <laughs> who just headed the ball to Sergio Cordova, who uh, very, in, very composed fashion um, scored. So that was great. We got to see the uh, the bears, the stuffed animals of all kinds end up on the field. Love to see it, and Lucas got some great photos of that, so shout out to Lucas. Um, and then within 15 minutes or 16 minutes later, similar thing happens where Coleman, the same defender, um, doesn't really get a good foot on the ball on a, on a really nice cross from Aaron Herrera, run and cross from Aaron Herrera, lands to uh, Jefferson Sabrina in the middle of the uh, six-yard box who buries his chance. And then it was kind of... Um, you know, I, I wanted to see RSL like really pour it on this game because I feel like they could have uh, and didn't didn't get too many more 
super good chances, I guess. I mean, like we, 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 from there, like Minnesota didn't really ever threaten. They had like maybe one or two decent chances, but other than that, like I said, they were on heavy rotation. Robin Laud played 45 minutes. Like I think he only played the first half. They made like a triple substitution at halftime, including their goalkeeper, which was weird. Yeah. And he then got, he got injured just before. Oh, halftime. Okay. Yeah, there was some like that. attention paid to, it looked like his finger was bleeding or bent or something. Something happened to his finger on gotcha. a save or tackle something. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, what's his face? Didn't even play. Uh, why can't I remember? Uh, Reynoso. Yeah, Reynoso didn't play in this game. Wasn't in the 18 either, but whatever. So, uh, and then Anderson Julio scores a very, very nice goal in the second half um, from an Andrew Brody, really just phenomenal uh, run and pass from Andrew Brody. He does this Mm -hmm. like, he beats this defender. He pulls like the ball out out of the air with his left foot to beat a defender and then plays just a perfectly weighted through ball to Anderson Julio, who's able to dribble around Tyler Miller, um, takes a touch around Tyler Miller, and then and scores on an open goal. And it was sweet. I loved it. Loved to see that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, other than that, like everyone had a pretty good game for RSL. I didn't think there was any nothing too glaring except for McMath yet again did that thing where he sort of clears the ball and it goes right to a Minnesota player. And I don't and know if this is just something... Oh yeah, <laughs> we will. But like, I that needs to stop happening. I like, I don't. He's he's given up at least two goals like that this season. Uh, one very directly, and I think another one kind of indirectly. Um, are you counting? But, uh, are you counting Sunday's game? Well, oh, actually, I, I I wasn't, but that's that is another one. Um, but like, I noticed it the week before, where once a game he has this thing where. He doesn't have very like high pressure on him. He's kind of just sitting at the top of the ball with a box where we've recycled it back to him. And he looks to his right, he looks to his left, and he'll try he'll make a diagonal pass to to someone who's like closer to like that maybe half field line. And he gets it half of the way there directly at like a winger or a four, like an attacker. And it's really bad. And so I wish that would stop happening. Um and it's, it's really strange that it it does. But anyway, um I will say that I thought uh let's see in, in the second half we saw yet again another winging wing winger performance winging performance by rubio rubin uh who didn't did he, he did he blow a chance in this one i can't remember i know he did and oh, the minnesota game yeah i don't think I'm, he got more than like four touches in that game like i can't remember i don't remember him being involved even Are a little money bit. on that trevor uh, he had more touches no. than that Oviedo came in as well. Luna and Beasler got some minutes after Anderson Julio came in. So uh, Luna, 80th minute for him. Uh, We'll talk about him in the LAFC game because from what I saw, he looked really good in that one. But 17, um, by the way. 17 touches for Rubio Rubin. I mean, like he was fine, but it's again, it's like. It's not his position. He's not. It's not a position and he's not playing with any confidence at all. It's just like it seems like a pretty like losing situation in which the LAFC game really compounded my confusion about what the plan is for Rubio. Like just all altogether, the Rubio Rubin, Brian Oviedo, like everything was confusing to me in the LAFC game. But Saverino probably deserves a mention there, too, right? Yeah. And so absolutely. Saverino, who we're just playing a striker now, just. It's just like, what's happening? It, it's hard for me to look past the very evident frustration. I'm not a big like body language guy. 
I don't think it's an accurate way to understand a player. Um, yeah, agree. But it is a smell, right? It's something you can that that instinctually feels like something's off. Yeah, and, and there does seem to be something kind of weird with Savarino lately. I don't know, but you know, he doesn't I'm, look I've happy. Been his like play, it. and you know, he he is not a central player, right? He excels when he's got that confined space to operate in. When he doesn't have you know players on either side of him putting pressure on him, like I think he's a player that excels with the touchline, uh, yeah, available to him, and he doesn't have that centrally. The thing with him though is that he's like skilled. He's skilled enough to where like he can still make things. Like he scored and he still gets like yeah. assists because he find he puts himself in good positions. But yeah, it's strange that we're essentially sacrificing. I mean, we're sacrificing Rubio, Rubin, and Savarino. Like we're, we're we're playing both of them out of the out, we're playing them in each other's positions. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not convinced like we'd be much better with. Ruby or being as a second striker with next to Sergio Cordova. Cause we saw that against Nashville earlier this year and it was arguably bottom three. It, it might've been the worst game we played or is bottom three. I'd, I'd say maybe number three. Um, and yeah, that didn't work. Cause I don't think Sergio Cordova and uh, Ruby or are very complimentary in the way they both play striker. So maybe there's some sense there, but like I, yeah, it's, it's very confusing to me, but I don't think Ruby or Rubin is, a skilled winger either. No, so, no. and I don't uh, think he attributed like call himself a skilled winger either, right? Right. So I'm not I'm <laughs> just not sure. Guys, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I mean, he's just putting about. in the work at least, but no, he, no, he's, he's, like, he's making like he an effort. Work, right? He's making yeah. an effort, which like good for him. But it's just gotta feels, be frustrating. Yeah, it, this feels like classic RSL over the last several years, like where we don't have the good players that we need for those critical positions. So we just take our best player ostensibly and put them in a position of need. I mean, Get that's what happened. To, yeah. Like that's what happened to Demir. That's why Demir played striker and like it works. Goody so happened, like, happened to Ruzanak too. When we started yeah, playing exactly like the, we've got a pattern of doing this where like we just take our best player and put them closer to goal and yeah. like hope for the best because they're the best players. So clearly something's going to happen when they get the ball, but it's, and it just goes back to roster building and we don't have to rehash this all over again. But like if we had a good striker, a really, really good reliable striker that could score 15 goals a year, we could put Sovereigno on the wing and it'd be great. Right. We don't have that. So like, we just have to put Sovereigno up front because he's the best player and Rubin probably does deserve minutes but not at striker because he's not very good so what's open <laughs> he, he well, doesn't deserve to put... yeah no, you're right he, he doesn't, doesn't deserve, deserve midfield minutes over he does... right now like he does... cordova is a better striker than rubio rubin right now like yeah so like i get it but yeah it doesn't make sense like i but understand he... the reasoning and if we ask pablo for it for the reasoning like he'll give us a reason and i can't truly argue that like Rubin doesn't deserve to see the field because I'm sure he's putting in the work and when he is on the field sure. like he does put in the work but we're yeah. putting him in a position where like he's set up to fail like we talked about uh last week or the week before where he's just getting like garbage minutes this is just another version of garbage minutes he's seeing the field but like he's not effective and he's not effective because of where and when he's getting on the field and, and, just I, a warm and body, I think right 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'd rather see, and I, like, I like, you know, at the at end of the game, and I, I don't know what the answer is for Rubio Rubin at this point, because a striker, I'd rather see Anderson Julio, because in most situations, I guess it depends on, on the, the situation, but like that was the perfect Anderson Julio game where the opponent is stretching the field that they're pushing up quite a bit. And Anderson Julio is able to, I mean, he had 40 he yards could, to run essentially by himself. And that's like when he's, that's his, his strength is like running in behind and apparently yeah. headers at some level too. <laughs> but um, yeah, like he's really good at that. And that's not something that Rubio Rubin is amazing at. He's not as fast as I think I would like for him to be, but Anderson Julio is probably the fastest attacker we have. I think that's probably not a controversial statement. So like there are a lot of situations where I'd much rather see, Anderson Julio come in. So it is kind of like a weird situation where we've got all these like guys that, you know, might be that are like wingers, but are probably better at striker now or might not be. We don't really know. And I don't really know what the answer is for Rubio Rubin because I don't think we should take Cordova's minutes to give him to Rubio Rubin. But maybe instead that's who he should be subbing in for. But then in some of those situations, I'm like, let's get Anderson Julio in there instead. So I don't know. Like, yeah. maybe, maybe I, just keep playing him on the wing or whatever. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. It's the problem when you have like 80% of your roster is basically the same talent level. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Cordova's not great. Rabin's not great. Anderson Julio's not great, except for you know, like they're good at a couple of things. They're situational players, right? Like, but yeah, you don't have like an out and out. This guy's the best. And then everybody else is behind him for like any position on the field, except for wherever Severino is playing. <laughs> yeah. I would say yeah. center back and Justin glad is probably also. Yeah. Yeah. Where but another one for me beyond like the top three or four guys on the team, like everybody else is basically the same. And yeah. like, I don't want to yeah. say that they're all warm bodies cause that's totally unfair, but that's kind of how it feels sometimes is you just need to get somebody in that position and somebody needs to play there. And if they're not the best player to play there, because the best player to play there is playing somewhere else. Like that, that's just yeah. what we do. And like, I I'm, don't like it, but that's yeah, the way it works. Agreed. Rubin is really, about as good a winger as the other guys we would play in that position. It feels like at times. I, yeah, so, I like, think so too. I can't get too mad about it, especially when you need to rest Chang and you need to rest Miram. And those yeah. are ostensibly your starters in that position. Well, like, and there's a very specific ask that, that Mastroini has of his wingers, right? Yeah, and and it's not quite like a wide midfield role because no. we see Miram especially like operating around the box, right? Yeah, that's kind of where he thrives, and it's it's been helpful to have him there. Uh, I'm not going to say like drop Miram because he's playing in a weird way. I I don't think that's it, but they're playing like a fairly true winger role in a four four two, which like in the modern game you don't see as much, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's very I don't know, it, it makes it difficult to replace those players because there aren't a lot of those players being produced now, right? Not at, yeah. at the MLS level. Certainly get top level like crew wingers, they often play fullback now. I mean, you look yeah. at Andrew Brody and he is a winger playing at fullback, right? And more or less. <laughs> yeah. 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 And apparently like I mean, we'll talk about this, I guess, when uh, we talk about LAFC a bit more. But like uh, Oviedo is a left back who we're playing exclusively left wing, left midfielder or, or, or right. in this case of this game, right midfielder, which 
I don't have I I've looked at his like where every, everywhere I've seen that's not something where he's played, he, but I'm he's mean, played like done. six games at right midfield. Okay, six games. All right. Yeah. So stop every, everything stop I saw. This I was like, Kyle. okay, so we got a good we we got like a like a veteran left back, and then I'm like, oh, he actually like he's seen a bunch of like good amount of time at left midfield, like depending on the team or if he's playing like Costa Rica, like it changes. And then to see him on the right, I was like, huh, okay. Um, I mean, it, so it feels a little like that's just where we had an opening. Maybe we're yeah. Just yeah, getting is, him minutes. This is what I'm getting back to. Like Oviedo, I, I don't know. Maybe he's not as good as he used to be. And so he's not an out and out obvious starter at left back. Or maybe you just really like Andrew Brody, what he brings to the field at that position. But you feel like you need to get Oviedo minutes. So like he just films, fills the warm body spot. It just goes back to, like I said, as far as the roster construction, it's just wow. a lot of guys that are all kind of the same level. And like some yeah. of them are better at some things than others, but it doesn't necessarily matter if they can't I mean, like, it doesn't matter if Oviedo can't do the things that Miram can, because you just need somebody to be in that spot. And if Miram is better, but you need to rest Miram, you got to have somebody there. So why not Oviedo? Like, I don't know this whole roster construction and like setup tactical setup, however we're playing, like it feels extremely rigid at times, but it's also very flexible. And it's, it's just weird <laughs> how, like how sometimes we're very strict with the tactical setup and, and how we play when we could be flexible. And it's weird how sometimes we are flexible when we probably could stand to be a little bit more rigid. It just, it just doesn't, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, I I like the idea of a fullback coming in a winger late in the game to defend a lead. Like, I, I think that's an interesting way to add some defensive depth to your team yeah. on the field without changing the shape in a really significant way. Yeah, he's played a total of 279 minutes at right midfield, and that was that was one of the games. <laughs> yeah. Um. And I was like, curious if they'd count that as right midfield or right wing. So that that does answer that. Uh, according to Transfer Market, they count that as right right midfield. Okay. And apparently, he's played a game at D mid. Uh, for your for Everton in the Europa League, he, he played one game, ninety minutes, uh, against Krasnodar against Euromovsisian. Maybe that was oh, in two thousand fourteen. Oh, that could have been Movsisian. Hold on, was he at Krasnodar in 2014? We're all looking it up. Oh, no, so he was at Spartak Moscow. First. Okay. In 2014. All right, that would have been fun. Um, he did get some games at right back, though. It looks like he's played a total of 408 minutes at right back. So <laughs> he lost three of those games. <laughs> I mean, he, I don't he did, never played for great teams outside of Copenhagen, right? Yeah, I mean, Everton sucks, so... <laughs> 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 and they always have <laughs> um but yeah i mean his transfer to everton was like a it was nearly five million dollar transfer if i remember correctly but yeah um, and i'm curious to see how we like how he performs for this team i don't think we can take the lafc game as like an example of his performance level yeah and i, I, I don't well, think we can mean with anybody thousand. right yeah yeah i i don't it's just it's just fascinating. I guess we I did kind of skip ahead just because I'm so fascinated by this. So with that with that win against Minnesota, it was a very important win. I was nervous about that game because I you know yes uh, We're getting toward the end of the season. 
Yeah, and it's a midweek game. Um, another sellout. Midweek game against uh, yeah. the strong Western Conference <laughs> opponent. Tacos were there. It was great. Uh, the vibes were good. Um, very, very, very happy to get tacos that day. I was very stoked about that. And that put um, RSL in... I, well, I guess we... Through the weekend, we stayed at the same... Were we at sixth before? We're at six. We're in sixth right now. Yeah. I think we were um, at sixth before LAFC and remained at sixth after LAFC. That puts LAFC. us two points behind Minnesota. We have the same amount of games played. They have the tiebreaker on us in, in wins and goal differential by one goal. But... Um, yeah, so we've played 29. Most teams, well, top of the table in the West, they've got 29. FC Dallas, 30. Nashville, 30. Below us, the Timbers have 30 games played. Galaxy have 28. The Galaxy did us... Chicharito did us a huge favor by not... Uh, <laughs> by, by missing not, a Panenka, right? By taking a Panenka in the 96th minute. and Shout out Chicharito, man. Yeah, really. It's going to be crazy. If the, Gal- the Galaxy like becoming one of the most cursed franchises at like if the of the 20 late 2010s into the 2020s is really funny like the fact that they like just can never really put it together enough to to like solidly be in the playoffs anymore is crazy like how many the, we've had like two different decision days go against them uh they didn't did, did they even make the playoffs under when they had Zlatan Ibrahimovic on the roster, or did they get eliminated first I, round or something? I think oh, they, I think they made it one year and they didn't yeah. the next year. It's I insane. Don't, don't remember the order, but I remember one year he missed the playoffs, and I think one year they made it. It's crazy that they. I mean, they. I don't know if they've been cycling through coaches. It kind of seems like they have, but I. Um, it's just wild to me that they that like Chris Klein. I think has still has been in charge there for a while. Yep. Yep. Like, uh, no, they what? had. I think it was three or four years ago. They like missed the playoffs for like the second year in a row, something like that. And then all of their front office executives, like GM, technical director, president, like all got like five year extensions, yeah. which was insane. How? <laughs> like after the worst short period of like LA Galaxy's career, like history, they decided to extend the front office that led them to that point. It was yeah, crazy. He, he's he's been the president of. LA Galaxy. I don't know for how long at this point. Um, but yeah, dude, like the, their front office is such a mess where they keep, I mean, they sign really good players. Chicharito's a, like, how do they not put it together? I don't understand. Like he's scoring a lot of goals for them. He missed the 90s, uh, Panenka in the 96 minute. This is again against Sporting Kansas City, who sucks. Worst team in the league <laughs> at home. And Chicharito had already scored two goals. <laughs> And they signed Ricky Pooch, who's amazing. And they they draw against Sporting Kansas City in like their most important game of the season so far. It's crazy. But anyway, uh, they they only have nine, uh, 28 games played. So um, they might be able to make up some ground. But one of the games they have ahead of them is against us. And same with the Timbers. So Trevor, you better go make sure we win that game. I mean, the Galaxy play Nashville next. The Timbers play Minnesota next. I think it's probably safe to assume the Galaxy lose to Nashville. Maybe the Galaxy not. have an incredibly easy remaining schedule. Um, they're playing Vancouver, Colorado, San Jose, Houston. And then the only other two games are RSL and Nashville. Okay, so every, yeah. So Nashville so like and RSL every non-playoff are team. Yeah. Um, so, so I did put together some playoff projections if we want to look at that in terms of uh, Please. the Galaxy. 
Um, so I on the form guide, I've added a uh, projected and simulated league standings page. Uh, if it loads a little slowly, deal with it. I'm trying to fix that. Uh, but the Galaxy do have a 0.13% chance of making second spot in the league. Nice. Uh, which not not much, certainly. Uh, but it's interesting to see the things that are not mathematically ruled out, right? So yeah, this is just, it's just wild. over 10,000 simulations run. Um, is there anybody that is mathematically ruled out at this point? Uh, from, not from the West. From winning the league? Uh, no, from, no, no, from making playoffs. Making playoffs. DC United, it looks like, are eliminated. Um, but maybe not mathematically. I just didn't find a way in 10,000 plus simulations <laughs> for uh, them to do it. <laughs> so I, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, well, I mean, it's obviously it not like a happen. safe assumption. I mean, even the, the quakes have a, like a 0.4% chance of making the playoffs. Good for them. Uh, Dynamo 0.01 Kansas city 0.04. Oh, so. pretty interesting note there with the Dynamo who fired Nagamura and he got hired at the beginning of the season and they lost to they recently beat LAFC at home. And then I can't remember <laughs> what happened to them over the weekend, but um, yeah, pretty interesting to fire a guy that you didn't even give a full season to. <laughs> yeah. Well, five, Houston like, is also like a really goofy organization like yeah i don't think they've had like good decision making at all in the organization for like 10 years yeah That's it certainly what it doesn't like. seem that way september 1st 2022 three dynamo players and head coach paulo nagamura were named to the mlssoccer.com team of the week yeah uh what was that a day before they were fired was that today I mean, Houston yeah, fired uh, to, on Monday, Mo Monday or Sunday, Monday, yeah. yesterday, Monday, something like that recently. Yeah. Uh, Houston is the second worst team in the league. So like as far as like coaches who might get fired, that makes sense. But yeah, like clearly if you're going to hire Paulo Nagamora, should be giving him time to like figure his stuff out. And really all I did was sign Hector Herrera. Yeah. Like that's the only like, who hasn't really really done much is my understanding, but I could be wrong. There was uh, some speculation that maybe Hector Herrera and Paulo Nagamora didn't get along, and so maybe that's why they got, uh, got sorry. Fired. They are it was because they sided with Hector Herrera, but like that's I, just, I don't know yeah. anything about that. I have to issue a correction. Sporting Kansas City are not last in the league. It is, uh, well, Houston's. Boy, so in the entire league, Houston's second to last, uh, only ahead of DC United. <laughs> I am getting extremely strong 2013 flashback vibes. Open Cup. 2013? Yeah, it DC 2013. United. Yeah. Oh. Uh, oh. Worst team in the league coming into Rio Tinto for a very important match, and it's a firework game. Yeah, I'm just kind of scared. That was not the Louis right Gill goal. Oh, it was it Luis Neal that scored that. Yeah, Neal, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about with Real Salt Lake. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. I mean, uh, sometimes I'll see that goal that Luis Gill gave up. Uh, oh, in against, I think it was the Rapids. 
Yeah. I, that like that, that moment, like single handedly, like ended his career. <laughs> I Pretty much. He had a he really scored good a goal, goal last week. weekend. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it it like run, ended his ML shot. for who, who does he play for? Union, Union Omaha. Omaha. Yeah. That, that ended his time in MLS. Like literally that one moment from then on, yeah. it was just like, you're, you're done. That yeah. was crazy. Um, that's so because he was like, with uh, of all teams, Houston Dynamo, right? Yeah. Um, was that before or after he went to Mexico? Probably after, uh, right? It, it was on loan. I had, had totally forgotten he played at Orlando City, Colorado Rapids, and Houston Dynamo on loan from Carataro. And then I didn't score a single goal in any of those games. Like just. Well, he Very, like barely played for either of those teams. I mean, he he made so many appearances for us, and then getting loaned to all those different teams from from Mexico to teams in the states, and then he was in uh, in the Czech Republic, and then he was in a different team in the Czech Republic, and then he was in at Valley United in Phoenix in the NASL, and then now Union Omaha. Just and he's only twenty eight, and he made two appearances with the national team back in twenty fourteen. Wild. Yeah, Wild. one of those careers, right? Uh, and speaking of careers like that, uh, I think we can all say with certainty we hope that is not what happens to a certain other player who David is now Ochoa? in yes. no. 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 <laughs> so, uh, okay. Yeah, well, let's talk about the LAFC game. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I didn't, I, I caught a good amount of it um, on some rewatch and didn't love rewatching, so I didn't really pay much attention. So you guys have to talk me through this one. All I know is yeah. we did start with a very interesting formation. We did the four four two, and interestingly, we had Rubio Rubin <laughs> at left wing, Ryan Oviedo at right wing, and then we started with uh, who in the middle? Scott Caldwell and Pablo Ruiz. Yeah. yeah. Scott Caldwell, yeah, Ruiz fresh off a, a burned a foot, burned <laughs> foot from a, a Mate, Mate injury, it sounds yeah. like. So I'm glad to hear he's doing well, but. Yeah, so that was a bummer. Um, so, uh, so yeah, Rubin, Saverino, Cordova, Ruiz, Caldwell, Oviedo, Herrera, Kapelhoff, Silva, Brody, uh, and then Zach McMath. So tell me about this game. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, the first goal. Should we talk about the first goal first, Trevor? I I did see that. Are we just gonna skip? Yeah, let's just skip to the 49th minute because yeah, nothing the, happened. The first half was very boring. Like it was, it was a good half for us all like because it was boring. Uh, Rubio Rubin did have a good chance in the second half. We'll get to that as well. Uh, so Arsenal gives up that first goal. It is uh, Ryan Hollingshead who scores it. Trevor, do you want to take us through what happened there? I, I don't really remember it. Sorry. All right. I'll take us through it. Uh, so uh, <laughs> we give up a throw in on our left side pretty deep in our defensive half. And uh, I just rewatched it while we were talking. And uh, uh, it's a little bit of a comedy of errors, except it wasn't very funny. Uh, it was kind of funny, though, uh, <laughs> where Marcelo Silva and Zach McMath collide in midair. Oh, yeah. And this becomes a common theme. You'll see not the collision, but maybe a lack of communication. Uh, and the ball sort of drops out to Ryan Hollingshead, who you know, puts it away quite well. 
Uh, he's in the box, like a right back making an attacking run there. Uh, right place, right time. I mean, got to be better from throw-ins, certainly, when we're defending those. Got to uh, be also better from, not to pile on Zach McMath, but I love doing it. Um, got to be better from Zach McMath. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, he comes out for a ball. Like, he challenges for a ball that he should be challenging for, and Silva is or the, he maybe should be challenging for and Silva is defending the guy that he should be defending and they both kind of get there kind of but also not really and they both collide into each other there's no obviously not enough communication going on there no and Zach McMath falls down ball fall yeah just like you said falls kindly to Hollingshead who puts it away on an open net because they both ran into each other and then they both look for a foul and clearly no foul was committed by anybody none because they just ran into each other that brings me um, to a good question. Should we start calling fouls on teammates of each other? So this is something that like I've considered and thought of because like there's a very famous incident in the Premier League, like in the early 90s when it was two guys on Newcastle United who started fighting each other and mm. they were both given red cards. Mm. Like oh, they're, yeah, for they're violent on, conduct though, right? Yeah, it's for violent conduct against their own team. So like that means that like the rule – it's not there's nothing in the rules that say like tripping i think some of the rules specifically say like tripping an opponent or something like that but there's a lot of rules where they don't necessarily say or specify that it's got to be to an opponent it's just like that's the way the game has always been played like sometimes hate this segment yeah this is the problem is i haven't looked this up in years but so what i'm hearing from you is that if they hadn't scored their LAFC should have been awarded a penalty or should we have gotten a direct free kick? Uh, this is, this is what I'm we saying. We need a like, real answer right now. I don't, I don't think you can call fouls on teammates like that. You got mm. Yeah. I think well, that this is, I'm not saying that you could, I'm saying should, I think I, this is what I'm saying. I think the rules like might allow for it. I've got to reread them because it's been a long they time, they, they but they might allow for it. But like, nobody does that. Like you can't, you can't do that. Right. But also, besides the point in this specific in this specific case with Silva and McMath, even if that was a defender that McMath ran into, I don't think there's any circumstances where you can call a foul on either player there because like they're both challenging for the ball. They're both making a fair challenge. It's not reckless. It's not careless. It's not excessive or any of those things. I think they're just challenging each other in the air. But it is rude. (laughs) But so I initially when i first saw the play i thought it was a defender that mcmath got knocked into or knocked himself into i should say uh and even then i I still didn't think a foul would have occurred in that case because with goalkeepers there's history with like you got to protect the goalkeeper and goalkeepers are very you gotta protect the goalkeeper gotta protect the goalkeeper because they're the ones jumping in the air and they're playing the ball and they're not like protecting themselves in the air they're going after the ball but i don't I've never liked that argument because every player that's jumping in the air is going for the ball and also not protecting themselves and also vulnerable. So why are goalkeepers any different? They should also be looking out for themselves. And if they're not, that's on them. So I I don't like the whole protecting of goalkeepers. Like if a goalkeeper gets bumped or hit or whatever, you've got to call foul. I don't believe in that. I think you should treat them the same way you treat defenders. So let's say that if it's the goalkeeper fouling our own defender, then... We want to punish. We want to basically what I'm saying is we want to punish goalkeepers more. Yeah. So sure, if, yeah. if the goalkeeper <laughs> is committing the foul, then it's a penalty. 
But if our defender fouls the goalkeeper and it's very obvious, then it's then it's a goal kick. <laughs> or a, it's a foul in the box. It's it's a <laughs> it's an indirect free kick. Is what it's saying? a direct free kick for RSL. Well, in this case, yeah, an indirect yeah, free that's, kick. That's where the rule, I'm sure, like actually comes into play. And Ian's probably gonna so, correct I think us it's on important. this. Is that like you I don't think it, he has anything whatever team to you call a foul on, on, just speculation. Sure, but no, I'm there's I'm sure that there's like actual answers to the questions that we're posing, and I'm well, sure I, there's I something there in there that I think, says. I think the answer is no, generally. <laughs> but yeah, I think that I think it's important that like if you know it's, your, the other team's about to score and it's a wide open experiment. goal, it's important to like foul your goalkeeper really hard because then then <laughs> and it's called a foul. But if the goalkeeper again hits the defender, then it's a penalty. Even I mean, if it's its well, own teammate. Okay, so, if it's your own teammate, way. can you foul yourself? Mm. I don't... Well, put it this way. If there was a foul on Silva or McMath in this case, <laughs> if you want to call that sure. with the way that the ball's played, you probably still got to play advantage to LA right there. Mm. If right? the goalkeeper is fouling his own defender, then yes, be, uh, because we want to punish the goalkeeper. So if it's either advantage or penalty. <laughs> but if the defender is very clearly fouling the goalkeeper which we barely have to believe because man, goalkeepers are babies. But if we're like, okay, we can't ignore that one. Direct free, indirect free kick for RSL. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, regardless so, of where the ball is for LAFC. So. This is tangential, uh, which is, okay. I mean, we're already knee-deep tangents here. Um, I really think more teams should make use of tactical offside calls and for like there a delay go. of game type thing. What? Because... <laughs> I, tactical offside calls yeah so and i can't get through this go ahead no let's finish this thought what are we talking about here yeah i can't do it an offside call can't be you can't play advantage if the other team's offside right correct it's 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 in the laws so hold on rather than just booting the ball upfield you should position somebody really far upfield so that they get called for that offside and then they can craftily like kick the ball away once or twice, you know, not enough for a yellow card, but, but then you, you force like a delay there. And I think there's so, something to that. Like as a defensive tactic, really let me just yeah. make sure I've got this picture right. As a defensive <laughs> tactic, you've got the entire yeah. offense attacking team in the offensive half. Basically the center backs are maybe sitting on the halfway line. Sure. Right. Yeah. You've got a defending team striker. What? Just that's one. Chilling, a really that's just, useless player who isn't yeah, doing any good. just chilling anyway. up by the attacking team's goalkeeper. Yes. Right? Yes. So your goalkeeper gets the ball. Yes. The defending yeah. goalkeeper gets the ball and just boots it to his teammate who yeah. is very clearly offside. Yes. An offside foul is called. Your striker, as a way to delay the game, might not give them the ball to... De- prevent a quick Just restart a little bit yeah and it forces everybody to like readjust and get back mm-hmm. downfield and forces like a free kick from See, the goalkeeper you're never to- going to get persistent infringement <laughs> right like That's you don't really get persistent point. infringement for offside calls you're just offside a lot i'm the jose Mourinho okay. of this podcast i think <laughs> matt yeah that's very creative <laughs> thank you <laughs> I can't possibly imagine a, a true in-game scenario where that like, benefits the defending team. 
if Pablo Menstruate is listening, except for like the like, yeah, you definitely reset something. But if you just boot the ball down the field, what I'm saying is you're saving yourself eight seconds. I think those are valuable seconds. It's a game of moments, (laughs) and moments can be subdivided. (laughs) Uh, I'm on board. All right, it's a game of moments. You got me. All right, should we talk about the second goal we gave up? Let's let's stop talking about theoretical, tactical. <laughs> it's it's or, tactical or foul, intentional fouls like against your own team. Uh, you can call advantage on every other foul, unless it's a red card foul, but that's also not ideal. All right, so uh, <laughs> this was a very silly conversation. I'm yeah. quite happy to move on. Oh, wow! LAFC game. <laughs> Ryan Hollings had scores the first goal. All right, uh, so. <laughs> Got Zach McMath uh, taking the ball at his feet uh, from a, like a little recycle from Arcel was smart. Like we regained possession. We were just trying to, to maintain something as we look to go forward again. Right. And Zach sure, McMath right. decides uh, he's going to do it again. Uh, he's going to clear the ball into a contested position in the midfield. And uh, LAFC wins the ball because it turns out we have one tall player in the attacking half of the field. Uh, actually, at that point, Sergio Cordova is out of the game. Um, yeah. So I'm we've not got Miram sure. and Julio, who came on for Cordova and Oviedo in the so 60th got, minute. Uh, Brian Ojeda making his debut. But that's uh, we later. have Michael Chang in there. We've got Diego Luna in there. Which is also later. Anderson Julio and Saverino. And Justin Miram. Uh, and none of those players are going to win headers regularly, right? Anderson Julio um, might win a header occasionally, but he was too far afield for this situation. So we're putting the ball into a really contested midfield against players who are not short. Uh, and we give up the ball and they come right at us. Quick one-two play and they're slotting it home through... Uh, who else but Chicho Arango? Or is it Carlos Vela or Chicho Arango? Vela gets the assist to Chicho yeah. Arango. Vela, Vela has a very nice assist. And yeah, beautiful assist. Arango. Beautiful pass. Uh, which I thought it was, I used to think it was Aranjo, but whatever. Uh, Arango, like oh, with, a, I don't, I think it's Arango. I thought it was Arango. Uh, Arango, whatever. Uh, he's, Chicho. Chicho. He's right. very good. And yeah. a little bit. This goal was so good. I don't know if you guys saw how well he faked out Zach McMath, but he put Zach McMath on the ground before he shot the ball. Yeah, he yeah. And just passed it. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> like Zach McMath laid down and then Chicho just shot it. Or just passed yeah. it to the the net. And it was kind of embarrassing, but it was just a really good goal. And they just like like I watched that a bunch of times and I don't, I, that was just so unbelievably easy. It was really, it was pretty frustrating to watch, but whatever. I mean, we knew this was going to happen. I, we all assumed we were going to lose this game, which is a sucky thing to assume when there's a yeah. lot of jokes about you beating them in the playoffs, mm-hmm. <laughs> like both all the performances you have against them in the regular season are brutal. So it's kind of hard to believe that that's going to happen. But in any case, uh, yeah, it was a great goal. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was I don't know what our defense was doing there. Everyone was out of position essentially. So, yeah, just just 
tremendously. I mean, it, it wasn't even a case of pushing too many players forward to like try to win the game or like get a goal back for a draw. Right. Right. And if it was that, that would be like a little more understandable. Totally. You're down one zero on the road. I don't think LAFC is invincible. We've seen they're not invincible. They yeah, lost this was their Houston first Dynamo. game. This is the first game they won in like three or they, they uh, had three consecutive losses, right? Sorry. Yeah. Yep. So against uh, Houston Dynamo and I believe uh, Austin and San Jose. So we had every reason, I think, to believe that we could pull something out here. Uh, but our the goal, the second goal we gave up was not conceded in that way. It was a, a silly mistake. And I just I, I am my patience is wearing thin. Um, and, and I don't think yeah. it's unreasonable to be upset about like that outcome. Yeah, uh, I would. I want to hold us to a higher standard than that. Uh, and certainly LAFC is very good. They've shown they're very good. But they were in a really bad run of form, and I would think it would have been great to take advantage of that. True, but yeah. you also got to... Um, I'm agreeing with you, but I'm also disagreeing with you. Um, you this is the classic, Trevor. <laughs> I love when he says this. Let's go. I agree that like we should have definitely taken advantage of LAFC being in a bad run of form. But LAFC is also the kind of team that I think would very easily be able to bounce back from that bad run of form. You know, there, there's got to be a uh, locker room talk, a bulletin board message that's like, RSL is a garbage team. We beat them <laughs> this year very comfortably. Go out and just destroy them. This is the game that we're going to get our season back on track. We've lost three in a row. We're not this bad of a team. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's got to be the the message to LAFC going into the game. And turns out that, yeah, they beat us kind of comfortably. Um Kind of, yeah. it was our own fault that they beat us because, like, you know what I mean? Like, we we th- handed them opportunities. Yeah, a couple of really easy just gifts, and that wasn't like those two weren't the only chances that they had. They had plenty of other chances, and there were plenty of other chances that were just like straight up gifts. Like we made obvious mistakes that they didn't capitalize on. So, not to mention yeah, the we- uh, penalty they had that Carl- Carlos Vela shanked and Mac exactly. Mac, yeah. Mac yeah. McMath, like, Mac McSath we- saved. We definitely, like, based on the way we played that game, we deserve to lose. Um, But also LAFC, like I said, it's tough to imagine LAFC being a team at this point in the season losing four games in a row. Oh, but how good would that have been? It would have been great. A draw would have been fine. Sure. draw would have been awesome. This does still leave us open to beating them in the playoffs. So, like, that narrative isn't (sighs) dead. It'll never die. It will never die as long as we're still in the playoffs. We still have a chance, right? I mean, this so was a game also go. where Carlos Vela didn't start. Um, and neither did Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale, of course, didn't start. Yeah. So it's like, I it was two games. I mean, listen, getting three points from these last two games is fine. And that's good, I guess. Uh, especially when one of those is LAFC away. Like, all things considered, that's a good that's a good outcome. I just don't like losing and I don't like making excuses for losing. So, so I've had we, the replay going up and I've, I've just got to the Zach McMath penalty. And I, we talked about the penalty. We didn't talk about how it came about. Yeah. You talk about the play leading up to it. 
because just simply Zach McMath giving away that penalty was also very stupid. Yeah, let, let's talk about that, Trevor. Do you have strong feelings about that? About specifically that decision to go down and give up the penalty, or like you're talking about the play leading up to it? Because I don't. I again, I don't remember the like sequence of events that led to that. Uh, I just know that a goalkeeper, <laughs> a goalkeeper should never ever ever be going to ground against a player like in that position. What if he's field, going like, to ground with his feet and wins yeah. the ball the first time? Yeah, and which, then gives up the play. penalty on. Why does he tackle game? him like that? It's, 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 like, it's just a very bad goalkeeping decision to like go to ground there for one in that <laughs> position for two and like three be that late and trip the guy like even if it was feet twice that was so funny yeah yeah it's just that's a really awesome. bad goalkeeping decision there but and i'm actually sort of marred by him yeah good for him for saving the penalty but it wasn't like at all a ball don't lie situation. It was very clearly a penalty and very clearly a really silly decision by a perennial MLS backup goalkeeper, not an all-star snub. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, man. We're, we're seeing it, right? Yeah. And at this point in the season, it'd be really great to have competition from a second goalkeeper, let alone a third goalkeeper. Yeah. Like, do we... Our third goalkeeper is a 16-year-old kid or 17 or however old uh, Gavin Beavers is. I think well, he's 17 now. It should be mentioned that our backup goalkeeper is also somebody who's never played an MLS <laughs> minute in his life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I get yeah. it was, it was an emergency goalkeeper. signing at the beginning of the season. Wasn't planning on being on the team on our yeah. so until a week before the first game. I Yeah. He's also 29. I also I didn't know that. Have I, I actually don't. Do I even? What's he up to? What's what's his whole thing? What Tomas Gomez? He's a USL goalkeeper. He's always always has been USL and then ESL. I think. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I don't think I knew what Thomas Gomez looked like until like. I mean, I've seen him. I didn't know that was him though. I've seen him like around, but it, he his hair is funny to me in his profile photo. <laughs> Because it seems like it's small for his head and it doesn't look like a balding thing. It's a no, like <laughs> it's like an intentional decision. No, it's almost like the the shape of his head is such that like his hair area is smaller than like I don't know. <laughs> it's very very strange. I mean, it's not that strange, honestly. Uh, yeah. So he went to Georgetown, which I understand is a great school, although I did not go. Uh, was drafted by Columbus Crew, uh, and then created to San Jose that same season, which I didn't realize. Uh, and then, uh, well, no, hold on. Yeah, what I'm seeing is saying that he was never signed by Columbus. Oh, instead joined San Jose. Oh, yeah. Okay, later. that makes a lot more sense. And then uh, after not playing with them at all, it looks like he played um, one game. Oh, no games. Never mind. US Open After Cup, his release, he signed with oh, USL no. side Rochester Rhinos and then played yeah. for St. Louis FC, Pittsburgh Riverhounds, and mm -hmm. Sacramento Republic, where he played a bit. Looks like kind of a lot during those times. Yeah. Um, so can't believe, for Sacramento, yeah. so. Took close to 40 for Rochester and St. Louis, and then a couple for Pittsburgh and 19 for Sacramento, and then two for the Monarchs. Yeah. And that's it. Yep. Whew. Yeah. This is our backup and, uh, goalkeeper, and I don't want to like 
be mean to him because he doesn't deserve any of this. This is us being mean about our current goalkeeper situation. Right. Well, we strayed ourself. we strayed pretty far from the Jeff Antonella backing up Nick Romando days. Yeah, when we had a, a talented goalkeeper on the rise, right? I'd even yeah. argue to say we strayed pretty far from last season. <laughs> we had, <laughs> um, we had Zach McMath backing up David yeah. Ochoa, right? Yeah. McMath is a yeah. very capable backup. Yeah, he's an all-star star. Yeah, he's making sure. good. <laughs> if there was an all-star team made up of just backups, he would be on that one, I think. I'm, I'm not going to let good. that go anytime soon. Just FYI. I know. This is, I, know. I mean... This is going to be a recurring theme. Yeah. Um, so, certainly, uh, I don't... I'm not going to say Zach McMath cost us this game because I think we there were other mistakes yeah, I that mean, could have at, also led to goals but didn't. Even at halftime, they talked to Aaron Herrera and he got out there and was immediately like, yeah, we're not good enough and I personally am also not good enough. Like, we're making stupid mistakes. We need to clean our game up. We need to play better. Like, his whole halftime interview was basically just like about how bad he was playing and how RSL was playing. And I think he was a little bit harsh on himself, but also like he didn't play very well. Like he wasn't doing good things. He made a couple of really silly mistakes and yeah. It, yeah. Bad game from RSL kind of across the board. I don't want to say we were lucky to only be two nil, but we, we were kind of lucky to only be two nil. Like, I mean, we were one really bad Carlos Vela penalty away from three nil. So yeah. Um, before we get yeah. to the end, and we should talk about the little mini brawl uh, that happened yeah, at the should. end, um, which was so, really weird because it stemmed from like a a bad tackle. Like yeah, he stepped on his on his heel basically. Took a shoe off. Stepped on whose heel? It uh, was Sifuentes on Diego Luna. Sif- yes, yeah, Sifuentes on Luna. Uh, Luna Diego Luna turned him. And then got and then he lost so I, his shoe in the tackle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it was a great move from Diego Luna, by the way. Great move, bad tackle. And like immediately, Sifuentes was like over to Luna, like, hey, man, I'm really sorry. Yeah. Yes, sir, referee. That's a yellow card. You bet. Let Luna me help stood you up. up. Like, no issue. <laughs> Luna got up. Well, then everybody got all together. Silva, I think, was the first guy in and just like Justin got in Sifuentes' face. Miram. Justin Miram came in and immediately pushed him. <laughs> Silva got in somebody's face and then it turned yeah. into a thing and like nine other players got involved and it just turned into this giant mess um, at the end of it it was Diego Palacios and Justin Miram both with yellow cards Palacios um, was seen on TV and in front of the referee uh, I'm going to be generous and say he was swinging his arm and it, somebody had his jersey I don't remember who it was it was probably Justin but had was holding onto his jersey and he was swinging his arm to try to get them to let go of his jersey. Um, it looked like a closed fist, several punches to whoever's arm. And then there was somebody else. I, it might have been Palacios, but somebody grabbed an RSL player's throat. Mirror also, throat. also right in front of the referee. Yep. And like none of that was seemingly punished appropriately. We don't, as far as I can tell, and I haven't, been on twitter all day very much but i don't think we've had a disco decision no, on anything that would and likely drop on thursday if it were to come yeah out. but keep an eye on that because i think we're gonna see something for it um yeah that was pretty fascinating how the ref was looking directly at <laughs> yeah and then just at the end of it was just like nope yellow cards that's fair 
Well, so, I mean, it's the end of stoppage. He knows that somebody's going to take a look at it later, right? Like, yeah, I guess it's I, not the right decision, but it is an easy decision. I and one I would hate, probably make in the same situation. I hate that. That's like, I hope that's not his thought process. I don't think referees should referee in in any sport, referee umpire, whatever. I don't think they should make a decision based on well, they'll look at it on review and get it right then. They should be making the best decision that they think is a correct decision at that time. And not a referee, but from what I saw, it was pretty clearly punches. I thought it was a red card, easy to for the punches. And then there was a hand to the throat, obviously. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like he wasn't looking at it or was distracted by something else. He was kind of in the middle at the beginning and then took a couple steps back and was looking at the punches and was looking directly at the hands on the throat. And it wasn't like, a hand of the throat like oh i'm shorter than you i'm trying to push your chest or you know and i got your throat like it wasn't anything like that it was like a grab of the throat like whatever i thought it was very obviously there should have been red cards for what was going on there wasn't and if the referee is just like oh they'll sort it out later that's a bad refereeing decision shouldn't be doing that yeah that was kind of that was just not, uh, yeah, don't don't like it. It was very clearly like red card worthy stuff. But yeah, yeah. And I'm Whatever. curious if there was anything from RSL that we didn't see in the broadcast, right? Yeah, yeah. And maybe maybe there was. Like I said, I didn't. Justin Miriam like clearly came in and like pushed people, but like that's not always a yellow card thing. Like everybody was pushing everybody through the whole thing, and Miriam's sure. the only one that got yellow card. Uh, Palacios also got a yellow card. Sorry, only one on RSL that got a oh, yellow yeah, card. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm not trying to excuse or say the RSL didn't do anything. I didn't see anything, but I'm sure they've got all the angles. Maybe there was something. Yeah, well, and it's something that like the the broadcast team couldn't see either, right? And I think that's something that we heard a lot about in this game's yep. broadcast. And I think it's also worth talking about uh, because it adds to the fabric of you know what of this club right now. Which is that the yeah. broadcast team was not happy about not being able to see things because yeah, well, they're, they're not at the game, right? And they haven't been happy, but uh, Brian Dunseth typically does not talk that much about it. He'll mention it, uh, but it, it felt a little like the gloves were off uh, a little and bit he was and not in a good way about it. This is, this is me. No, yeah. I don't blame him either. This is me speculating and I don't know anything and I don't want to put any like words in Brian Dunst's mouth. But oh, what we not. do know is that we're getting the new TV deal next year and we don't know much about it. Um, we know that as of right now, Brian Dunseth is not part of any of those plans in the future. I mean, because um, there are no plans, right? Because there are no yeah. plans. That, yeah, yeah, should make that clear. Nobody's a part of anything in the future. Um, but Except for the, I think they, did they announce that the Seattle commentators were like yeah. Casey Keller? Which yeah. is weird. Did they? Yeah. yeah, that was like that came out like the same day for some reason. But just them. I haven't heard anybody else. Yeah, and it was I Seattle thought, putting I that know. out. Yes, yeah, I thought Seattle was saying that they were still going to be like on radio comms or something. Anyway, I don't know anything about I that. But anyway, specifically, but it feels kind of like Dunseth is getting mad about not his job or his potential future or anything like that. Just about the idea of calling games off a monitor, which it sounds like is likely the plan going forward for a lot of Apple TV's productions, except for their national TV games. A lot of their games are going to be games called off of a monitor from a studio. And Brian Dunseth has a lot of experience with that. And I think during this LA game, 
we clearly heard and saw his frustration with that as a medium for presenting soccer games. As a fan, I hate it because they're just telling me about what I'm looking at immediately. I love it when they're at the game and they can say, oh, this is what's going on and this is what happened and you didn't see it. We've got these subs warming up and, you know, like they can add more information than I, the viewer, can see. When they're just simply describing what I'm seeing, because that's exactly what they're seeing, like they, I don't want to say that they're not adding anything to the game, but they're 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 adding less, yeah, right? It's like they're yeah, adding much it's, less. It's, it's a huge difference when you watch like a home game broadcast versus an away game. It's yeah, and especially when they don't really have any control over the broadcast thing, like because it's all LA that's in charge of it. Yeah. So it's a whole bunch of guys that they're not familiar with working the truck and showing replays whenever they want to show replays and they're they're not used to it at all. And like clearly Brian was frustrated with it and i felt his frustration and i agreed with all of his frustration yeah through the whole game it's annoying and yeah anyway, yeah, ready so, for more of it i guess yeah it, it's worth remembering too that this is not how things always were uh yeah it, nope. it was andy carroll that made that decision uh, i believe at least i don't know if it was just him it was probably also you know in concert with deloy hansen a deloy hansen decision yeah and then we got called into that meeting with andy carroll and then deloy hansen sold the club days you know not sold but you know the incident happened like less than about a week later actually um yeah no that was yeah that was pretty i i forgot was that was was that the impetus of that meeting yeah yeah i ran some very rough speculative numbers on like what it could be saving the club and they were very speculative and like I wouldn't stand by those numbers. I was just trying to like reason through it. Yeah, uh, and it was enough to make him upset. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's ringing a bell. That's anyway. cool. Andy Carroll sucks a lot. That decision sucked a lot. There's a lot of things about the club with at that, that time decision that sucked now, a lot. Right. Like, and we're stuck yeah. with it. And but also like now it's just a league thing. It's it's out of our hands completely going forward because the league made their decision about their TV rights deal and. Yeah, our and, hands and seem to be mostly tied on the local broadcast options. Yeah, and we we'll see what happens there, right? I don't think it's like really been officially announced. It's all no whisper networks at this point. So yeah, our and the whisper networks that <laughs> that I've heard whispers from, it, it's all being like made up as they go. Like they, I they mean, that that is the MLS way. So oh yeah, it's the MLS way. Partner. We we. We MLS would never <laughs> sign a large contract without all of the nitty gritty details figured out on the back no. end. So like that, they would like never said, just grab that big name right from the start and then be like, Oh, we'll figure out like the soccer specific stadium. Oh, sorry. I mean the broadcast situation. Well, they would never do something like that. <laughs> That's true. It's like, well, especially not, point. especially not shortly after receiving a lot of criticism from a lot of people for not finalizing a TV deal Gee, or a soccer specific stadium deal. Yeah, that's crazy. Or, no, I wonder when New York TV, City, yeah, I wonder when New York City FC is going to get their stadium. That should be coming think, up pretty soon. I think <laughs> there was an article that came out that said they would have one within five years. They've got the spot all picked out in New five York. Years of eight years ago when they joined the league or <laughs> no, this is like actually a new one. They're like, no, if we got a oh, spot, nice. we're, we're developing it and it's going to be ready in like five years. Didn't Garber, wasn't the requirement that you had to, it was like within yeah. like two years of joining. It was like, well, you had to have a, a stadium like I mean, being built and, and privately financed. It takes a long time 
to grow these stadiums. You have to water them <laughs> and they have to reach maturity. And like, you can't uh, expect that to happen overnight. That's true. It, it's a lot like Diego Luna. Like we that could have true. Diego Luna starting in MLS, but if you, if you start him now, like what does that do to his future? Like, yeah. is we, he not well, built on do? the most concrete legs? What? What does it do to RSL's playoff chances, Matt? It might our entire season could hinge on us making the playoffs. Our success, our pass fail test is the playoffs. And if we start Diego Luna, yeah, we might develop a, a world class, potentially national team player. We might miss out on the playoffs in 2022. And how devastating would that be for the future of the club? It'd be very fun. <sighs> this is man. I this- okay. We're going to put this out there. I want this team to just give up on the playoffs this year and just play all the scrubs and the players that like are going to be here next year and just give up on players that aren't going to be here next year. You know, I great if we make the playoffs. Great. But I'd rather be playing players that are going to be here next year. It's a good thing. There's not like on that. There's not. Well, okay. Uh, There's not league incentive really to to miss the playoffs. Like there's not like tanking isn't really necessary in mls you do right get more allocation money okay well you and you, you get allocation okay, order okay you get, you get put you're higher on the allocation <laughs> order i think and then which would yeah. give you allocation money from other teams also when they have to swap you for it um but like uh you know so i don't really i'm not like oh like with the jazz for instance i'm like oh you guys better not make the playoffs so you can get like a good good pick with this i like don't i care less i guess the we might be more encouraged to continue doing similar, similarly, maybe unhealthy habits <laughs> if we're, if we make the playoffs and are do well on it. But I like, like you're saying, I, I am much more interested in seeing uh, people who are definitely part of the long-term project uh, playing a lot more would be my, would be my preference at this point. Cause I, we, we talked about this in at length that one time about this, about being honest about what you are as a yep. team and i don't know it kind of feels like the strategy right now is just kind of hope we put magic in a cup or whatever the saying is like last year catch light catch a lightning in a bottle or whatever and like we did last year and make it to the western conference finals and hope a couple bounces go our way but uh yeah i would be very interested in seeing diego luna i'd rather see i mean look like is Kaplov part of the long-term project? If not, like, why are we not just no. seeing Ozzy instead? Like, was that really that saying, much like, worse? We, if Pablo, like taking Pablo out of the pit, well, not taking Pablo out of the picture, because that's the whole point. If we're building for the future, like this is the part where we realize that like our team isn't good enough and we should be playing the players that are going to be playing next year. So we can be better next year. Yeah. But the way that Pablo is playing makes it feel like Pablo is playing for his job and his job might hinge on us making the playoffs or making sure. a deep run in the playoffs. And like, if that's the case, like we're not building for the future. Yeah. Those things and are at not, odds with each other. I'd say Yeah, it's, it's the same. Like this team doesn't know what it's doing kind of idea. And yeah, it's, I wish this team would find out what it's doing and, and stick to it. Cause we're a lot of limbo right now. We're I mean, not look, a development I, club and we're not a winning club and we're not in a lot of ways. We're not an entertaining club. Like <laughs> I'm having, yeah, but okay. Here's the thing, though. I I think it's looking like we'll make the playoffs. Um, yes. I, I don't know what a first round exit versus you know not making the playoffs. What a what difference that really ultimately makes. I 
have been told that the club's aspirations are not to just simply make the playoffs. We've been told um, that repeatedly, right? We've been told uh-huh. that repeatedly. Uh, but the, there was a time like- when, when the, like speaking of Andy Carroll, where he said our goal was to make the playoffs. So at least, right? And rhetorically, we've we've shifted. So, um, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the difference really is in practice, but yeah, it does feel like, I don't know. Um, it, yeah, there are some decisions week to week being made where I'm like, oh, maybe we could see that one guy we played at center back one time and it went poorly again because there's a lot to look forward to with him. Like, I we, just don't. We didn't see, if you're talking about Hazi, we didn't see him one time. We saw him four times and it went well, poorly once. It yeah. went pretty good the other three. Yeah. And the one time seems to be what is, uh, what matters influencing everything else which doesn't really make sense to me because that, but, one, player, though. With that one, one player because that's not the rule for like Kapelhoff, for instance but yeah um, who I, I like Kapelhoff, but i'm also like he was clearly assigning because we just needed to get someone on the books like there's no way he's going to be joining us for yeah, he's the a free end agent of signing career. he's kind of <laughs> i don't want to say he's near the end of his career but he's a little bit older and and that's a good sign to have, right? Like, yeah, no, yeah it's, 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 it's a good, like, if you're looking for a good veteran presence, but he's not like kind of solve your problem. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I just would like to see a bit more of like the Philadelphia union model, for instance, but I, I mean, you can't win and also develop youth players though. Right. Like <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, certainly not doing that at all. all. Jim. Well, Curtin's I mean, we're, we're making fun of it, of but coach. like it, it genuinely is incredible what Philadelphia is doing. And like, they're clearly oh, yeah. the model, but like, that's not easy. You no, shouldn't no. be like, Oh yeah, we should clearly just do what Philadelphia is doing. Like well, I did they're so. winning on every single front. And that's very impressive. I mean, I would like to win on one front. Yeah, that's all I'm asking that'd, for. That'd be nice. Either um, be entertaining or be a good development club or be a winning club. Like, just give me what's funny about Philadelphia is they'll probably still get like eliminated in like the first or second round of the playoffs. This is just how they, I guess <laughs> they'll be, they won't play in the first round, but yeah, just how it goes with them. Yeah. All right. Should we preview DC United really quick? Yeah. I've got the preview uh, already. Here you go. You ready? <laughs> yeah, go for it. All right. Steve Birnbaum is out on yellow card accumulation. Is that, that is good on. for us? I don't know. I mean, is he, I mean, he's, he's a, a starting captain, center right? back for it. it it honestly does not matter with DC United, especially on the They road. suck. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, my my match preview for DC United is they're a terrible team with a brand new coach who's never been proven as like a good winning coach. Um, and David Ochoa is coming back, and that's really the only thing that matters. Have I seen Wayne Rooney in person before? I'm trying to think if that's happened. Am I going to I get to see Christian Benteke? That's a good question for me Wayne to Rooney. ask. Oh, you mean like, has he played? In well, I, I have See, not, me, I'm trying idiot. to think if I'm not, I'm just not sure if I've seen him play in person before or coach yeah. or anything. Cause I me, don't remember. You meant like, have you seen him like at the airport or something? No. Yeah. Like I mean, in person around town. No, I just mean. He was with DC for two years. So let's see. Wayne. Uh, yeah. I don't remember being at a home game when I don't, think but that was like through the played in Salt Lake. I don't I mean, know, actually. Because I think the two years he was there, I don't think we played DC, did we? Um, let's see. So I'm I'm looking. Record against. I do not want to see his record against Arsenal. Let's filter this to make <laughs> if, if RSL beats 
oh, excuse me. If RSL beats um, DC United this weekend, then I think they are officially mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. They are not currently because they could, if they win out for the rest of the season, they will be on 41 points and New England in seventh place has 38 points. Mm. Okay, so if New they England went out and New England loses out, then they could still make the playoffs. But I believe <laughs> if they lose, then they could only get up to, oh, let's do some quick math. Well, less than what they need. Um, okay, so Wayne Rooney yeah. did play against 30... us. It was on the road in D.C. Yeah. Okay. Um, and in that game, he scored his first MLS goal. His <laughs> MLS goal. And, and his, his third? third MLS goal. <laughs> he scored a hat trick against us? Yeah. Why don't I remember that? I didn't remember it either, honestly. Probably because we blocked it from memory. Because what year what? was this? Uh, that was, sorry, I so, had This it. was in the midst of like the worst period of RSL. Well, not the worst, but. It was 2019, March 16th. Oh, maybe it was his first of this season. Because uh, he was also here in 2018. With yeah. sorry, with DC, so not his first and first, second, and third MLS goals. Uh, it was just of that season. Yeah, but he did score his. That was probably maybe his first and only hat trick in MLS. Oh, uh, they beat us five zero that 5-0, game. Zero, yeah. Uh, oh, was that the season opener? It was March sixteenth, so that's pretty early. Uh, I don't know if it was season. It was the third match week, actually. It looks like Natum was on this team. Yeah, we had Natum, Marcelo Silva got a, a red card, Everton Louise got injured. Speaking of Everton, did you guys see Everton's goal? Oh, Saverino got a red card in that one? I, what? I had forgotten that. I remember that he got a red card. I don't remember the circumstances. Now I we got to rewatch it. a game. Yeah, this is going to be a... Well, highlights are... Wow. Uh, I'll That's post crazy. that in Slack for y'all to watch. What a weird All game. Right. And I'm also going to tweet it. I'm going to get some flack for this on Twitter, but context for this week's episode <laughs> colon Saverino red card and guy question mark is go. that the only red card of Sava's career probably it may well have been wow that's pretty that's pretty cool anyway we're playing dc they suck a lot and we should comfortably beat them and if we don't like that's a damning indictment on rsl's <laughs> ability to finish out a season there's no way we're bad enough that we would like w- this is a team we will beat we yeah. we we will beat them and if we and I'm by more than 11 goals uh, <laughs> we would move ahead of nashville on goal differential assuming they don't beat la this weekend uh so it would just be it would be only considering that we'd be level at games at 30 played okay so then not counting anything else that happens with them so okay. that would be weird. Cool. <laughs> we could right, potentially so jump up we to like four win, in playoffs. We have to win 11-0 this game, is what you're saying. Yeah, I think so. Or 12-1. And it's a failure, honestly, like a real failure <laughs> if we don't. Unless uh, anyone not be certain what I'm trying to say here. Yeah. We're going to be the most negative on this team if they do not win by 11 goals. We are, we are a terrible team if we don't do that. <laughs> oh that would be a really funny bit for us to do next time when we win 5-0 and yeah. we're just like garbage. not good enough <laughs> bad team Marcelo Silva looked at me wrong I heard a dog barking somewhere 
Um, I my dad did send me uh, a bunch of text messages, but we'll have to save that for next episode. Oh, we do have to save that for next time. I remember that RSL players and different breeds of dogs. So yeah, uh, that's pretty good. Do that and come come back to that some other time. Can we mention real quick just before we get off of here how New England is? We still got another half hour. Is (laughs) no, we do not. I gotta go to sleep. (laughs) New England is seventh in the East after like. Yeah, what an insanely bad season for them. They yeah. were doing like pretty good. Oh no, they were good, right. and they were like supporter shield people last season, weren't they? They were like, yeah. pretty close. Yeah. Oh yeah, they were like record breaking, I think. Mm-hmm. Like points in the season, something like that. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on with them, but they, their so. form looks a lot like ours, but actually slightly <laughs> better, which is funny. Oh. Well, just a, well, they're start. also on 29 games played and they are on 38 points versus our 42 matt so take that we're better i mean sure clearly that. that's fine but they've got like yeah i don't know they're weird what a strange team the east is uh the east is interesting <laughs> this year and i wish i watched more of it but uh, i don't have that that much time so yeah i got we got jobs jobs and junky tv to watch Mm-hmm. So yeah, you could watch MLS or you could watch Ohio Devil. Devil Devil in Ohio. Devil in Ohio, which I would not recommend unless you're looking for something junky to watch over eight episodes that will there you go. be entertaining. If if nothing else, it was entertaining. Is um, RSL's I, point per game still exactly one point five? Uh looking at my league table here. Now it's one point four five. Okay. So Point four five times five. We get seven more points throughout the rest of the season. We're going to end at forty nine points, and we'll see if that's enough. Sounds good. <laughs> that will, yeah, that will still be. So if we continue our form over the remaining five games, we we will probably make the playoffs, but like barely. Nice, just the way we, we like it. Yeah, like this is for sure the beginning of the end of the season. If we haven't already talked about that. We have five regular season games left. I think I think it starts as soon as you say for every game from here on out is a playoff game. I, mean, I agree, but that was also five games ago. I think <laughs> five <laughs> or six games ago for this team in a seven game series, though that's a seven game series plus three. So, which they should it's do true. in MLS and do a full season of playoffs. I think I mean, that's a great idea. I'm not Thank opposed. <laughs> Matt's just full of all the good ideas today. Offside. Yeah. Uh, off tactical offside tactical offside it's it's the future of soccer <laughs> and if you do it enough maybe then we can actually get some offside reform happening yeah hopefully I like that. that's, that's for sure what would bring it up yep All right, um, well, anyway i promised a little uh playoff standings stimulation preview uh so we've got a one percent chance in my ten thousand simulations of making Second place, uh, just under 10% for third place, 14-ish percent for fourth, 18 for fifth. Most probable, most, not most probable, but most common outcome had RSL sixth. Uh, so somewhere between fifth and seventh, I think. By the simulation is where we end up. It'll be really curious to see how that shakes out in reality. If we there end up go. sixth, well, okay, if we do the standings today, our playoff position would be sixth. We would have a first round game against Dallas at Dallas, which good. That'd be great. Yeah. We're really good. Sounds awesome. 
<laughs> hey, we were historically okay that's, here, right? that's the best thing that we could possibly hope for. Um, when we had I don't remember when it was when we first started talking about it. I think it was three games ago we were talking about the final run and how they were all playoff teams except for mm-hmm. two. Um, that has since changed. Cincinnati is out of the playoff race currently, and mm-hmm. so is LA. So that currently brings out of the five remaining games, only two are against playoff teams. Nice. I think it might be worse if they're on the edge. Adds a little extra I mean, motivation. I mean, there's harder, a good, it's not worse, but good argument for it. I'm I'm listening to it. Uh, Cincinnati, though, uh, should be pointed out, has a game in hand on New England, who is in seventh, and they are tied on points. So, oh, like, yeah, you have to will think probably that's be, be back one. in the playoff picture at that point. So, yeah. but LA hey, wait, is also is that game home or away? I can't remember. Cincinnati is yeah. at home. Okay. That sounds great. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, so yeah, we play at home this weekend. Uh, big special announcement. Uh, tacos hopefully will be in the parking lot. The weather should be a lot better than how it's been. Uh, All things are shaping up to be a pretty nice, nice looking game day, if you ask me. It's all coming up, Millhouse. It really is. All and, right. Uh, well, Trevor's replacing his eye now, so I think it's time to end the podcast. No, my contact is like bugging me. That was crazy. Yeah, it's that, that time was, of night where like you have to my contact's been in for so many hours that it, your like, eyes fall out like me. Just, yeah, it, like starts drying out, so it's like not working right. I gotta go take my contacts out. All right. Well. I guess that means it's time for bed. So uh, just about, yeah. On, on that note, uh, always, always a pleasure. It truly, truly is. Wow. Good night, everyone. It's a late one, but you don't know that. You might. Who knows? You can probably hear it in our voices or see it in Trevor's single eye that he took out of his head. All right. Cool. Cyclops. So. All right. Good night. All right. Goodbye.